welcome to the Dojo Talk Podcast. Please remove them shoes before entry. Sam Master is here, and you still have not taken off your shoes. Welcome to another edition of the Dojo Talk Podcast. I'm your host, Serial Sensei. We are on episode number 130. As always, you can check this podcast out on SoundCloud, iTunes, YouTube, Spotify, Google Play. Um, You can hit us up on social media at the Dojo Talk Podcast Facebook page, as well as the Dojo Talk Podcast Instagram page. Send questions to Dojo Talk Podcast at yahoo.com. And you can give me a follow on Twitter and Twitch at Serial Sensei if you feel the need to do so. And as always, every week I'm joined with my co-host Anti Cool. What's going on, man? Uh not much, man. Just chilling. Thinking of Disney World. <laughs> I'm go I'm I'm going there uh, next week. I don't always think of Disney World. I just wanna make that clear. <laughs> Did you see um the the their streaming service? The info they put out? Oh, oh, I did yeah. not. Um, they, they, they said something. I, I saw like a clip, like what looked like a PowerPoint um, screenshot of uh, where they said they'd have all the Disney classics up like day one. And I don't believe them. I don't them. know, man. I, <laughs> I was skeptical at first, but I think Disney's, Disney's about to come through and wreck shop. I mean, yeah, that's what they're yeah, buying. They, they, for one. Which is not yeah, good. It's, not it's, good. It's almost scary how much they own. Like, if you... I mean, I know Wikipedia isn't, like, you know, 100% the gospel. But just just go peep the Wikipedia page and just see how much Disney owns. That scroll button gets a little ridiculous. Like, it's it's a lot. It, it is a yeah. ridiculous amount. But from what I saw, I think... um, I mean, they're coming out the gate swinging, man. I think it's going to be... I think it said six ninety nine a month. You can do six ninety nine a month. Or you can do seventy dollars for the like the full year, which out the gate I feel like they're trying to get Netflix out of here. Like, I mean, I know they're gonna be doing like original content, but I can't imagine they'd be doing stuff like Stranger yeah. Things or like the Santa Clarita Diet or or BoJack Horseman or like whatever, like all the like the the, the weird stuff that Netflix is able to right. get away with. Especially when they call their service Disney Plus, because it's one thing if they had gone with some like catch-all for all the properties they own, because they also own ESPN, uh, ABC, like you know, uh, Fox now. But like when you put Disney next to the title of whatever your service is, you you kind of imply it's a little more family-friendly. Yeah, you 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 have an image. You know, there's a reason like we never Walt died of like lung cancer, and we never fucking saw him smoking <laughs> a cigarette ever. It's all about image. We'll see though. They, I think they're coming with their best foot forward. But I think you're right though. Like I think what'll keep Netflix afloat and around is all of their original content because they just they have so much of it. And then even outside of like the the movies, like Netflix has every stand up comedy special ever. 
So they right, they've got right. enough content, I think that'll that'll keep them around. Um, but that, that that Disney thing's looking it looks better than what I thought it was. I, I thought it was gonna be some trash, but I don't know. I I know they're gonna do original stuff for it. Like they're they're doing like animated um Marvel movies. Which is something I always wanted to see, like especially off with the success of stuff like Into the Spider Verse. So, oh, well, hopefully they keep them in that vein. Cause I mean, Marvel has other animated movies, but they're not. Uh, yeah, good. <laughs> not a lot to write home about. It's like, well, all their TV shows suck. I'm sorry, like they're they're really bad. Like, have you ever tried to watch Ultimate Spider Man? Nah, I haven't. Uh... I haven't watched Spider Man since the the old the old days, <laughs> the nineties cartoon. Yeah, yeah. The, this new stuff, I'm not uh, not 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 with it. It's it's really bad. You're not missing much. We'll, we'll see though. Disney is uh Disney trying to take over the world. Um, as the as all our media gets bought up by yeah. one company, and they own a lot of new they they own a lot of news stations or like they have like. If they don't outright own them, they have like they own like a percentage of it at least or something. So it's, it's kind of which is yeah, that's not good. Yeah. <laughs> they, yeah, they have their hands in a little too much. It almost feels like that shouldn't be it's, allowed. Kind of wish somebody enforced antitrust law, but we'll see. Story topic for yeah. another podcast, yeah, that's I guess. Whole whole other issue. Oh, I want to know is. Now that Disney has ESPN Plus and Disney Plus, are they going to bundle them no. together? <laughs> uh. I mean, I don't know that for sure. But if I had to guess, eh. Oh, uh. That's some, I mean, that's some yeah. whack shit. No, I don't think it's going to happen. They're, they're going to bleed us, bro. Like, I guess, I, I think we talked about this before, but if they were, with, 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 when Disney Plus comes out, I'd probably just go back and, like, get a month and watch, like, all the stuff that's just really hard to find because I really like those old cartoons. But I probably like I would not. I don't think I could stick around like on Disney for more than a month. Like because what like 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 we said before, they don't do the unique I mean, weird I'll, stuff. If, if all of the Marvel shows can, go over there, only... I'll do that. I watch those, uh, and uh, I, I heard I heard word word on the street is Darkwing Duck might be over there. <laughs> Like a new nah, one, or nah, I, think it's, I think they're just gonna throw the old one. Um, I mean, to be uh, honest, either way, if Darkwing Duck ends up on there, I'm at least doing a month trial. I don't know if you, you know, you younger kids even know what Darkwing Duck was, but it's pretty awesome. I mean, everybody should watch DuckTales. That's my response <laughs> to that. Both the new one and the old one. Oh man, but uh, yeah. So streaming wars, people, it's real. So. Speaking of streaming wars. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, so, Sensei, I, I, I don't want to put you on the spot, but did you buy UFC 236? Uh, gotta go with the no on that one. <laughs> okay, so so you're like me, and you watched it through binoculars. Yeah, oh, yeah, I was like outside uh, the stadium, uh, you know. Yeah, no, I, I'm talking, I, I was just watching through binoculars through my neighbor's window. I did not pirate it, you know. and you cannot prove that I did open from because the I didn't. We just kind of like, yes, you know. yes. And like we even locked right. eyes at one point, so, but they just accepted it. And I was like, you know, I'll close my window when you're done. 
Right. Well, that's what that was. <laughs> but I, I asked this because there were a lot of people last night who were having issues getting it on their TV because apparently you can only buy it uh, through the app or through your yeah. computer. If you have a smart TV, you have to... You have to you have to buy it through your computer slash phone and then use and then log in through your smart TV. Yeah, it's uh, which which seems like a pain in the ass. Yeah, it's not. They don't for everything to be centralized in one location. They still somehow find a way to make this like just a little more difficult than I, it needs to be. Yeah, I I don't I don't know. Yeah, those uh these numbers whenever they do come out. Um. I mean, they probably won't come out unless there's like a shareholders meeting or something. Or they do exceptionally well, which I don't anticipate, but I just imagine there's like a 70-year-old grandpa somewhere who's like, who, who never watches any of like the, you know, the the Fight Pass or ESPN Plus cards. But he watches like every card on TV and he went to go buy this pay-per-view and he was just really <laughs> confused because he couldn't find it. I mean, at this point, you know, I I, I, I poke fun at old people. At, at this point, though, I couldn't blame them. Like, yeah, they, they made this. At, at bare minimum, this should have still at least been able to be purchased on Fight Pass. Like, because that's not really a hard thing to figure out. But, yeah, I, I don't know. They they need to, if, if we're going to go all in on this whole ESPN thing, let, let's make this a little more. Just, just easier. This needs to be a much simpler process than than what we got going right now. But um, I'll I'll give them this. They put up the little graphics saying how to do it, not how to do it, but what to do. Yeah, and and they kept showing that. Also, also they were advertising. Yeah, the card, they kept showing like, that commercial. I saw Dana White one too many times trying to hustle me this ESPN Plus pay per view deal for seventy nine ninety nine a year. Um, I saw Dana White like twenty times yesterday, more than I needed to. I know he has the ear thing, but does he always have to shout at me? <laughs> like maybe, maybe he can't control no. his volume anymore. But like he is. I mean, screaming. I think at, you, at one point he's just he's been a promoter for so long that this has just become like his natural. You know, he he can't go back to whatever his voice was before. This is just his natural speaking voice. He's just this. Yeah, that's this sad. Is what we have to deal with, but uh. Well, uh, we'll get to all those details in a little bit. Uh, real quick, before we get started, as always, uh, special shout-outs to all the listeners, man. Always appreciate you guys. Please share, uh, post, and retweet uh, with any fight fans you know. Got to spread the love. If you know anybody who likes people getting punched and kicked in the face, send this to them. And hopefully they'll enjoy it. Uh, top listens as far as cities for the week. Uh, number one, we got Mountain View, California. Number two, we got Fort Worth, Texas. Number three, I'm going to butcher this, but it is Skiatook, Oklahoma. Uh, number four, Van Van News, Van V-A-N-N-U-I-S, California. However you pronounce that. Shout out to you guys. And number five, uh, Blonde, Blonde, Blontire, Malawi. Shout out to Malawi. That's definitely a new entry. I've not seen you, uh, you guys before. But shout out to all the listeners, man. Post, retweet, share with the fight fan, all that good stuff. Um, you know, we need we need the numbers. And special thanks to everybody who did listen to last week's episode, which uh, you know, 
took took me a little little while to get out. We had some audio difficulties. I had to take some extra time. That was a lot of editing. <laughs> I'm glad it's it still got got decent numbers. So I appreciate you guys for listening uh, to that episode. That that was a that was a rough one. But um yeah. So this week on today's episode, I'll talk a little little UFC, little little one championship. Got a few boxing fights that went down. I guess I, I will reluctantly talk about bare knuckle FC. <laughs> oh, well, I, I didn't see the whole card. I, I mostly just want to talk about the president. <laughs> well, I, I'll at least read the results because I have that up here. Yeah, and, and some of the stuff may be old to you guys because we did not record last week because there there were fight cards, but there weren't there wasn't anything like really major last week. We we could not get three hours out of bare right. knuckle. <laughs> It would have been three hours of me just being angry. So, yeah, we kind of just took the week off because there wasn't anything too crazy uh, going on. So, um, I'll go through news and notes. So, some of these may you guys may have already heard because, like I said, we didn't record for a week. So, some of this you may have heard already. Um, but if not, you know, we will go through fight announcements, whole regular spiel, and then we'll uh, fight announcements and news, and then we'll, we'll get to the fights and such. But... Uh, starting from the top for fight news and announcements of the week, uh, UFC 238 uh, got some got some pretty got some we got some bangers coming on this card. Um, Aljamain Sterling versus Pedro Munoz, Petr Jan versus Jimmy Rivera, and Carolina Kovalkovic versus Alexa Grasso all going down at UFC 238. Um, at UFC on ESPN3, Jack Hermanson will be replacing Joel Romero. As the headliner, and he will be facing Jacare Souza. Um, at UFC on ESPN4, we'll have Joseph Benavidez versus Juche Formiga. At UFC Ottawa, we'll have Serget or no, Serget Spivak versus Walt Harris. At UFC 239, we'll have Michael Chiesa versus Diego Sanchez. At UFC Greenville, we'll have Andrea KGB Lee versus Montagna De La Rosa. Um, UFC Minneapolis has a, a little duo of fights. We'll have Drew Dober versus Marco Polo Reyes. And everybody's favorite diaper man, Junior Albini versus Maurice Green. And at UFC Rochester, we will have Danny Roberts uh, versus Michelle Pereira. Um, and shout-outs to Ross Pearson, who also retired after the Dez Green fight. Um, yeah, just, just shout-out to Ross. He won. I I, I remember, forgot what season of Tough he was on. That was way, way, way back when. But um, just just shout out to him, man. A guy who just managed to. He stayed around for a while, man. That, that another one of those kind of like multi generational guys who just, you know, did didn't end his career on on the best of notes. But um, put put on entertaining fights nonetheless. He gave me some memorable scraps. So shout out to Ross Pearson. Um, these other little UFC tidbits uh, I will save because these will probably be topics of combo. Combo. Well, real quick, the other one. Um, uh, Tony Ferguson has, uh, ah, Tony Ferguson <laughs> has actually uh, been cleared to fight. He passed his medical evaluation. I'm not sure. He he's. Okay. Uh, is that mental health or like physical health? Cause... Don't know. He posted a post on Instagram, and it just said, "I passed my med eval." I didn't know if. Yeah, I didn't know if that meant. Uh, mental or physical, but uh, the headline said that he was cleared to fight. He really wants the Habib fight. Don't know how that's going to happen because of what we're going to talk about today, <laughs> but 
Um, that I don't know. So I, I guess he's been cleared. I, I don't know if he's gonna get the Habib fight. We'll just have to see how that all plays out. Um, but that's all I got pretty much for UFC news. The other two notes I'll leave off because we'll probably dive into those a little bit more. Um, <coughs> Bellator, uh, not really much going on, uh, except they did sign uh, Strasser. Uh, Kichi Kunimoto, he signed with Bellator, former UFC fighter, former Ryzen fighter. I think he's like 37, but who cares? He's going to be in Bellator. That's going to be a thing. Um, else- yeah. <laughs> Elsewhere. Speaking of new signed fighters, um, Yushin Okami will be making his one championship debut on May the 3rd against Kiamria Abasov. I meant to look and see what uh, weight class that'll be in, because apparently Okami just fights at every weight class. But that'll be a thing on May 3rd. Um, I can't remember if we covered this the last time we recorded. I don't even know if this was a thing last time. But uh, Zoila Frosto has kind of just returned on the MMA scene. She's had, I think, two fights in like the last year or so. Um, but she will be back on Combates America on May 10th um, in Stockton, California. Hector Sandoval will also be on that card as well. Um, so just shout out to her. Just She was a name who, when we did our episode of, uh, the episode we did dedicated to women's MMA, she was a name that came up. And she had kind of just, Felt like she's kind of disappeared from the scene for a while, but I guess she's slowly, you know, slow, slowly getting back at it. So we'll, we'll see what she does uh, over in Combates. Um, for PFL, um, they released their schedule for their first three events this year. Um, and I kind of like what they're doing, well, <laughs> even though this last one could be a disaster. But uh, I kind of like what they're doing with these cards because they're they're, they're kind of like, I guess you could say, like, organizing them somewhat. So, just to make sense of it. So, PFL 1 is going down on May 9th. And pretty much that car is going to feature welterweights and women's lightweights. And then PFL 2 is going down on May 23rd. And that card is focusing mainly on featherweights and lightweights. And then PFL 3, which is going down on June 6th, will be focusing on light heavyweight and heavyweight. I felt like... (laughs) (laughs) I feel like that was heavyweight and light heavyweight shouldn't be on the same card. Um, a lot of bad things can. <laughs> yeah, this card's being headlined by Satoshi Ishii, man. <laughs> like, I feel like light heavyweight should have been paired with like welterweight, so you could have at least a card that had potential to be half good. And if light heavyweight didn't pull through, at least you had the welterweight to you know who bought it. I just want to read some of the names on this main card real quick and just like or just on this card in general real quick because oh my god Jared Rochal Dan Spahn Francimir Barroso Ronnie Marks Jordan Johnson Satoshi Ishii oh my god like gonna be fun <laughs> that that's what that, these are men who in their careers were often ridiculed for being quite boring um especially like ronnie marks and burrow uh, so like since she has at least that like judo he might be able to you know whip out like a nice little uchimata or something 
But, like, for the most part, none of these guys are terribly exciting. I mean, at least, well, I, you know what, I, I don't know. <laughs> Jordan Johnson and Jared Rochelle should not be on the same card. Uh, I, I don't know. Well, you, you know, this seems like a form of what, what could happen, maybe, is we'll just get. I, I feel like the best I can, and, and this ain't even just as light at PFL. That's kind of how I feel about light heavyweight and heavyweight in general. At the most, I can hope for if I can just get a, a sloppy. I don't know a sloppy kickboxing fest, and somebody gets knocked out. I'll just take that. That's you know. That's that. That's the most I can ask for, and I'll I'll take that and and be happy with it. Just don't give me one of those lean on the fence, take you down, and I just kind of sit on you, but I don't really like advance or do anything. I mean, we're, 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 I hope every single fight on that card is exactly like that. <laughs> I, I I I just want the people who are there live to absolutely lose their minds. Well, I'm. For all the, I mean, pieces. luckily, from what I remember, like all the PFL fights pretty much happen on Thursday nights. Um, so yes. I, I probably won't be able to watch any of these in real time. And PFL three, I will definitely make sure I do not watch in real time, and I'll just read the results. If I see more than like, oh, if I see you. more than four decisions, I'm just gonna skip that. And uh, you know, nah, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. We might be surprised. We might, we might get some sleepages. Somebody, you no, know, there could be some knockouts. We'll see. We'll see. But, um, oh, on the last bit of uh, uh, notes and news that I had, uh, Ben Askren will be active again, not in the UFC octagon. Um, he's going to be wrestling, not like WWE, like like real wrestling. Um, WWE is real wrestling, what are you oh, talking the, about? It's professional <laughs> wrestling. The other wrestling where you don't get to, uh... Oh, you mean the yeah, amateur Yeah, the wrestling. one where you don't put yeah, people yeah. through tables. Uh, yeah, mm. that one. But... He'll be uh, going against Jordan Burroughs. That'll be going down on May 6th at Madison Square Garden. Um, I'm not too familiar with Burroughs other than I've heard he is a monster. So I will have to watch footage and see how this goes. Um, so that's going to be a thing. Uh, I guess to go back up real quick. Um... Petter Jan and Rivera. How are we feeling about that? Not good, because, you know, I'm, I'm a Rivera fan. Uh, I, I think Jan just overwhelms him with volume. And, you know, I, I do not expect good things from uh, from this fight for Jay Rivera. So if... Yeah. Especially because he slows down later in fights. He either gets like either it's like a gas thing or like a mental thing, but he, he, like the urgency that he starts the fight with seems to just disappear. Yeah, I got yeah, I got I got, I got Jan too, for the for the same reasons. I, I don't think Jan. Well, I, I don't remember what Rivera is actually ranked. Um, oh yeah, no, I got I got Jan. The rankings aside, Jan, Jan via the eye test is a top five. In my opinion. Um, yeah. Um, Jimmy's ranked 7th. Jan's ranked ninth. Oh, yeah. So, Jan, Jan, Jan's going to be that top five. Assuming, you know, look, this kind of looking ahead, but assuming Jan, let's say Jan and Sterling both win. Um, and that's probably who I'm going to pick for both. I think I think we're going to pick Aljo over, over Pedro. I think it's going to be an awesome fight, though. But um, assuming they both win, 
do do they fight each other to determine the next title challenger or do you give one the nod over the other well that fight's on the same card right yeah. as the the Moraes Sahuda fight so like I, I assume they just give the winner of that fight the winner of the main event just so they don't have somebody on the shelf because this belt hasn't been defended since like August and now you have a new champion who has to so like solidify themselves like uh, if Moresh wins, I'm assuming they're just uh, they'll probably go with the winner of uh, Sterling Munoz. Oh, well, I, I can see them just skipping over. Yeah, because I was gonna say like if if assuming Moraes wins, which I honestly think he will, because the Al- the first Aljo fight was kind of a you know yeah. <laughs> it was, it was, but I love Aljo, man. Al- Aljo's the homie, but that that fight was a wash. But. But if Cejudo wins, I can see them giving it to Benavidez and just, you know, saying we're not doing the flyweight division anymore. So Benavidez, you you were a former title challenger in this division, and you have a win over the champ. So you know, have fun. But no, um... confusion to be had. Well, yeah. depending on what they, depending on what they do, because um, I. I, I I'd be I'd be down for Sterling getting a shot at the title, even if you know it's against Moraes. But I don't know if the UFC will. Do it. I, I would say he's deserved it. He's been on a really good run since then. Um, but I just think if you're the UFC, it, it's a hard sell <laughs> to, to book a fight where the first time they fought, like he he got sent to the nether realm. Um, Moraes and Jan would be fun. I don't know. I I feel like if 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 Marais wins, I, I I don't hate either matchup. They'll they'll both be fun regardless. But I, I just think the Sterling fight might be a hard a hard sell, um, unless you just run the angle that since that loss he's just I mean really it's it's the truth he's he's been on a pretty good run since then. But we'll, we'll see. There there's still bantamweight and flyweight, which it like is a thing, but like isn't a thing at the same time. Still has a bunch of confusion. Um, surrounding it so we'll, we'll have to see how that work out uh works out and i, I guess that'll just kind of tie into our <laughs> first topic uh of the day uh mr mr tj dillashaw um, i don't even have the article pulled up in front of me i don't think it's really a ton to explain um you took epl and now he's good yeah, for two that's, years that's pretty much it <laughs> like <laughs> you got when TJ Dillashaw comes back, he will be a 35-year-old man fighting 28-year-old men who will probably be in the primes yeah. of the career. So, Yeah, and, uh, you know, you got to imagine that when he comes back, you know, who knows what the cardio is going to look like. And I'm, I'm pretty sure the, the 28-year-old gentleman will not be lacking in cardio. Um, so that that could be interesting. I was... Well, I didn't, I'll admit, like, I didn't really know what EPO was. I still don't fully know what EPO is, other than, like, it's something you have to inject. So this isn't something that he could be like, oh, I, you know, somebody spiked my Gatorade. Like, <laughs> you had to, like, sit down and and take this. You didn't just slip and fall into a needle. Um, but I guess, I guess from what I understand, it, it, it does help with cardio, things of that nature, something like that. Um... I, I was surprised he got the two year, the two year smack. 
but I didn't know like how serious they from from some of the articles I read, they kind of framed EPO as one of the I guess like one of the quote unquote like worst things you can take. I guess because it is a needle class, because that's something you can't like if you take EPO, they know you're cheating. Like there's no there's no ends ifs or buts. Like you didn't accidentally do this. This wasn't a setup. Like you you sat down and thought this out and you just did it. Um, yeah. But yeah, I. If, did you uh did you watch his apology video? Uh, I, I like watching TJ Dillashaw fight. Do not like listening to him talk. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I, I watched the minute like clip of it. I I didn't watch the full thing. Um, I don't know. Was it like a non apology or like? No, I mean he. Well, from the minute I saw, he, I don't think he really dodged it. Like he he didn't really. His whole thing was, like, he felt worse for, I guess, like, his his teammates and, like, his coaches and everything because a lot of them are getting dragged into it. And I guess he he didn't want it to be a thing like, like they knew what he was doing and they were all in on it and this was some, like, maniacal, you know, mastermind, like, game plan or whatever. Um, I mean, so I, I get that. I respect that. You know, he, he didn't want his, his teammates or anybody, like, close to him to get thrown under the bus, so... I, I guess in that way he was he was owning it, but like I said, I didn't even watch the full video. But I, I don't think he was really dodging it. But at the same time, it's kind of like, yeah, bro, you you're, oof, you're screwed. Yeah. You're you are screwed, buddy. Yeah, it's it's weird watching everybody like lose their mind because the the judge in the Mark Hunt case said PEDs are completely fine. Yeah. That, that is a thing. That is a, a ruling, yeah. <laughs> and I feel like Usada's not respecting it. TJ <laughs> Dillashaw was well within his right to uh to to to, to drug himself to yeah, the gills according to a court of law. Yeah, you can't debate it. I mean, you can, but you, then you need to go to like yeah. law school. Who yeah, wants to do that? A lot of time and money and effort that you probably just don't have. <laughs> right. But yeah, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it's not really much to dissect about the situation. Like you just you got. You got popped. Um, the, the, can, we, can we talk about Uriah Faber saying he's surprised that TJ didn't get popped earlier? Basically admitting <laughs> he knew that TJ was on PD. What I was gonna when he was at what his I gym. was gonna say kind of tying into that was I had heard that since he popped for this, like they were gonna go back and look at his prior test, which had me thinking like, how did they not catch this before? So apparently you need to specifically test for EPO. Like, if, like, it doesn't show up in, like, a regular drug test. You have to actually, like, I don't know if it's, like, a, a kit thing or, uh, like, the type of sample they need. Or if they, it, like, it requires just a totally separate test from the original test. But, like, it, it's something you specifically need to look for. And it also has a ridiculously short half-life. So if you know when the test is coming or you have, like, a rough idea, you'd be able to get away with using it. Okay. <clears throat> well, that that could potentially spell worse news for Dillashaw because I, I think I had also read that, you know, they're, they're going to go back and look at all of his older tests. And if... Uh, uh, I looked that up, just like, uh, a few minutes ago, and uh, according to Jeff Nowinski, they did test... Uh, Dillashaw for EPO, um, 
for both the uh, for both the Garbrandt fights, and they came back negative. Okay, cool. Because I was gonna say from from what I read, like it, if they went back and found more, that he he that could potentially add on to the sentence. Like that would still count against him as you know a strike per se, and that that could yeah. make it worse. I'm I'm just gonna guess that. You know, probably for the Cejudo fight, since he was dropping down in weight, maybe he just didn't want to... I don't know, maybe that was a way to, like, offset the depletion of his body. I'm guessing, I don't know, I ain't a scientist, I don't really know how any of this works, but (laughs) from my very minimal understanding, I'm I'm guessing that's maybe why he did it, and boy, did it not matter or help at all. Um, (laughs) Thank you. Uh, I, I, I made my... My piece, knowing about what I think about PDs and steroids and shit, and I don't really buy into like the whole cheating argument. Like, if it's gonna be banned, it should be banned for fighter safety, not for cheating. I don't know. I don't know. It's it's all a weird. <laughs> it's all a weird thing for me. I never really know what to. Cause there, there's a part of me that, and this doesn't even just apply to MMA, like. Pretty much, I would say, professional athletes in general. And this this isn't to make an excuse for anybody. But, like, that's such... To, to be a professional athlete, no, no matter what sport you're playing, that's such a just a physical crime, like, day in, day out. Like, you have to, like, constantly work out. It is, it is literally unhealthy. Right. <laughs> like, and, like, even, even in sports, you know, in other sports where, like, you might have a quote-unquote off-season... Like you're still you still need to work out and do some kind of and it might be not as much as you would do during like a regular season, but you you still have to you still have to keep yourself in good shape, you still have to be ready you you know, and it's just I almost have a hard time thinking like there's no way everybody has to be on something like <laughs> because it it almost just seems humanly impossible like you. You do such this physical grind, something that is so physically and mentally demanding every day, day in, day out. You probably took a supplement here or there. Um, and I don't know, maybe there's some guys who, who didn't. I, I don't know. It's just... It, no, like, I, I, yeah. Like, imagine how much better Chris Weidman's career would be if he was on, like, PD so he could actually stay healthy. So he didn't have to have five neck surgeries, you know what I mean? just went to 205. <laughs> That's it, but let's not talk crazy. But, uh, but like, yeah, no, like, and, and there's so little in, in the way of like help for these dudes. Like, uh, this is the example I always go back to. Cain Velasquez using uh, what is it, CBD oil, just so he can walk. Like, I can't imagine the amount of pain you have to be in. Where, like, walking causes you so much discomfort and you are training for, a, like, a right. fight. And that's just how you start off your day, just in pain, the second you wake up. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's... And, yeah, I mean, I, I, I do kind of understand the cheating aspect because it it is one of those things. Like, let, let's say, for example, the... Dillashaw Cejudo fight, like let's just say it did go five rounds, and and somehow like Dillashaw won, 
you, you could say like if it wasn't for that EPO, you might have not had that extra oomph and like those fourth and fifth. To I, I don't know, it's so. Well, like at the at like that's just a resource thing then. And at that point, like nobody is never fair because like, is and there's another example I would like to go back to. John Lineker, when he first got to UFC, did not have any of his coaches with him because they couldn't afford the flight, and he was training at like a small boxer sized gym where he was the only pro fighter, and he fought Louis Galdano, who trains at one of the biggest gyms in like the Northeast, of the United States. Like it. it Like, one of the most well-equipped, like, well-connected gyms in the Northeast. Like, that's that's a resource, uh, like, inequality. Uh, I don't know. It's it's a gray... I think the only reason I'm... I'm, It's... Like, I I, kind of get both sides. The only reason it's hard for me to just be so definitive is because I don't... I don't know the science of all of this, and I feel like I'd be kind of... Uh, yes, yeah, I'd be jumping uh, out on a whim if I just kind of, you know, said, "Oh, I, I think, I, I think my, I think the point is just like I could take EPO and still not be Henry Right, Sarah. I could take EPO and I'd still get trashed. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, neither, neither could freaking Dillashaw. But like the point, the point being, like, there's more to it than just, oh, I took a drug and they made me a superhero right. yeah yeah i don't think it's that black and white because if that was the case there are plenty of people who've been busted for performance enhancers who still turned out to be nobody so it, it ain't just the drugs that that's why i'm not so quick and this is a whole nother tangent i'll wrap this up in a bit because we got other news but that's the only reason why i don't um even like when a great fighter let's say like you know like anderson silver got busted for his I'm still not. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I still can't take away the goat status because to me it's it's not just the, it's not just the drugs. Because if that was the case, we'd have a bunch of Anderson Silvers running around, and that's not the case. So you you, you can't. Yeah, because everybody's on right. drugs. So you can't tell me that even if he he did take them. Same with like John Jones. You still can't tell me these dudes aren't immensely talented. Maybe they got a little extra, you know. Maybe they got a little little extra something. But you can't tell me they still don't just have outright, like, amazing talent. Because if that was the case, it would just be, I took a drug, a performance enhancer, I'm now Superman, I'm number one. And that does not work the same for everybody. And that's, I don't know, maybe it's not all steroids are created equal. I, I don't know. <laughs> but, I don't know. That's a whole nother, that's a whole nother topic, but. We would need an actual, like, e, uh, PED specialist. Yeah, on the podcast, we should get DC. We should get TJ Dillashaw. There we go. He's not doing anything. There we go. Yeah. He looked a little puffy in that uh, video. <laughs> I mean, he's probably, he is probably literally just sitting at home yeah, doing he nothing. Looked little, he looked a little full in the face. <laughs> like, <laughs> but um, yeah. So yeah, TJ Dillashaw, man, he's out of here for for two years. So uh, I mean, you can still catch him in these Toyo Tires commercials. Yeah, yeah, those are everywhere. Yeah. So. Well, uh, we'll see T.J. Dillashaw on his 35th birthday. We'll, we'll see how that turns out. Um, B.J. Penn. Probably not yeah, well. B.J. Penn, he's a... Uh, Sadder news. Yeah. He's, he's in the news again. Uh, not for anything good. Um, fortunately, it's another story I do not have in front of me. But he was... Um, he's got some uh, sexual assault uh, charges. Uh, kind of hovering over him right now. Allegations from I don't know if that was his wife. I think they're just girlfriend, but they've just been together for like a long time. 
Can't remember. I don't. I don't think he's actually. I don't know. But either, either way, his partner, a strange girlfriend, yeah, his his partner, whom he's been with for like a, a pretty long time, I think they have children together. <clears throat> um, yeah, she's accusing him of uh, things been like sexual assault, verbal, um, against her, and that he's had verbal like altercations, I guess, like with the kids and other family members. Um, not looking good. Not not uh. Yeah, apparently it was, fi- it was first filed back in October, and she got the restraining order in February. Um, and it's good through 2021. It, it's worth nothing, like, and I, I don't, I always hate bringing up the, you know, he hasn't been charged yet, shit, because it sounds like I'm defending him. I just wanted to put it out there. It's, he has not been arrested or charged with anything. Um... But it, it it's kind of weird how much this behavior lines up with the previous incident uh, where BJ was involved with with um, one of the former writers for his website BJPen.com. I don't remember the man's name, but there's some serious allegations at him, and they were backed up by um, some credible people. Let's put it that way. Um, nothing came of that either, but yeah, that that guy ended up leaving the. He left, he he left, left the site. site. Uh, they did investigate. I don't think they had... Like, I, I, other than a few interviews, I don't know what else they possibly could have thought that I found. Um, yeah. yeah. Like, it, it's one thing if this came out the blue. It's another thing if, like, there, there is not some sort of, like, smoke. And there is, there, there's been smoke yeah. here. And, I mean, I... I always, I, I, I'm never quick to comment on things like this because I like to just wait until information comes out before I just kind of jump out there. Kind of jump out. But um, yeah, man. Where normally where there's smoke, there's fire. Um, yeah. I mean, I feel like it's known that BJ Penn is like a jerk. Maybe, maybe not previously, like you know, up to the the level of like sexual assault, but. Like, there, uh, it, it's not so far fetched. Yeah, when when you connect the dots, like I said, of that the story with the writer, and and like I said, I'm, I'm still just gonna wait for more details. But it doesn't look good for BJ. Like the the right yeah. the, that writer thing just kind of makes it. If you read into that story, I think it was like he was trying to get the dude's girlfriend, or it, it was something. It was something wild. He he was like trying to force that dude, like he forced himself on that dude's girlfriend, and apparently there was an eyewitness to the incident. Um, I want to bring up her name because she still works in like MMA media, but it's, it's probably really easy to find out yeah, there. It was a... uh, so, as for the imp- uh, implications of this being known publicly, uh, as far as I know, there is no the UFC has released no um. No, no statement, and VJ Penn is still supposed to fight at UFC 237 next month against Clay Guido. So, which is a fight that none of us really need to see. Yeah, so I don't, I don't know if like I, I, I didn't watch the post-fight press conference last night. I didn't watch any of the um. I don't know if Dana White still does the scrums during the week. I don't think he does. Um, but. I've not seen anybody ask Dana the question on BJ Penn. Like, on his status, on if the UFC is going to comment. 
Um, well, BJ's uh, team uh, released a statement. I'll read this real quick. Um, uh, so this is a statement uh, <clears throat> via his uh, website, BJPenn.com. Um, so it says, BJ is in a highly contested child custody case involving his two young daughters. Uh, the order of protection has made serious allegations against BJ. The allegations are so misleading, hurtful, and false that any further comment by BJ or about BJ would cause more damage to the well-being of his children and potentially further inflame the pending custody proceedings. BJ and his family ask that you respect their privacy at this very difficult time. Um, and then it goes on to mention uh, some of the, I don't know how to pronounce her name. Um, but she, yeah, she's accusing Penn of striking her on several different occasions. Um, threatening to kill her mother. She had some kind of rebel spat with her mom. Um, she also alleged that Penn has been a drug addict and wanted to commit suicide. Yeah, it, it's, it's some wild, uh, some wild stuff. Basically saying like she feels for the safety of her and her children. It, it's a lot going on. It, it's, it's a lot going on. Um, and like I said, yeah, Penn is still scheduled to fight Clay Guida at UFC 237 for whatever I don't know why we got that fight. Why no nobody asked for this? <laughs> that's that's another issue. But yeah, just a really messy, really messy situation. But you know, we'll we'll see how that unfolds as, as more details come out. And I guess the last bit of news. I don't even know if it's a lot to dive in, but apparently Connor uh, got some altercation. Like punched somebody or something. That's what happened. Yes. Some man made fun of him at a club for getting beat up by Khabib Nurmagomedov. Um, so they punched him. And apparently that was that. Um, and he's being investigated for that. So. Was that actually what happened with that? Just we, we just came to that. No, that, 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 that is like he, he is from the sound of it. He, yes, he did punch somebody in the club. No, I meant the Khabib. <laughs> Oh, yeah, no, that, apparently that's what the guys, uh, that's what an eyewitness to the incident said, who spoke with, um, uh, oh, God, what was the name, it wasn't, it wasn't the Guardian, was it RTE? It, it was one of those, like, Irish sites, or UK-based sites, yeah, so, you know, Connor's out here, still cruising down the highway to self-destruction. Well, still trying to, uh... Still trying to get himself a new UFC deal, which I don't understand how that works, but uh, I don't know. Uh, we'll we'll, we'll see. A lot, a lot of it's, it's MMA. Things just get messy. Just the the dark side of the sport, unfortunately. But we'll we'll keep an eye on all little stories. We'll we'll see how see how everything unfolds. But that's pretty much it for news and uh, notes this week. Uh, so as far as fights. Um, I'll start with one championship since I got a chance to watch some of that, um, and then we can move on to boxing. I'll let you cover bare knuckle, or I'll, we can just read results. I don't know. I'll, we'll, we'll see what happens. <laughs> we, 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 I just want to mention the president real, real quick. That's it. Uh, like I even watched the Jason Knight Artemovov fight, right. even though it's supposedly really good. All right. Well, all right, let's just start with that then. We'll, we'll, we'll start with that real quick. Um, right. if you want to. Well, I got the results um, in front of me. Uh, so if you listen to this podcast, you guys know my stance on bare knuckle. I'm not really. Uh, this ain't for me. <laughs> it's, just, it's just really. This ain't my thing. This uh, 
by all by all means I should enjoy this because I enjoy chaos and this should be right up my alley, but for some reason this just is not this is this ain't my thing. But anywho, Bare Knuckle FC five went down. I don't even remember what day this was. But uh it was headlined by Autumn Lobob and Jason Knight. Uh from all accounts that I've heard and seen via Twitter, apparently it was a really awesome fight. Uh Autumn Lobov won via unanimous decision. Um and everybody said it was an awesome fight. Um, I, I saw the pictures. They both looked really cut up and bloody. So, I, And I can imagine just between the styles of Lobov and Jason Knight, I'm, I'm pretty sure it was a good fight. Like two dudes who just probably just went in there and just just threw hands and, you know, until they couldn't no more. Um, but Lobov won that fight. Uh, other names that were on the card, uh, Chris Lieben uh, knocked out Justin Baseman in round one. 25 seconds had chase sherman was on the card he uh oh it was a split draw <laughs> versus sam shoemaker uh former ufc fighter isaac valali flag defeated randy uh Hederick via tko former ufc fighter johnny bedford defeated uh abdiel velasquez oh they had a lightweight tournament all right that was a thing uh so he i guess he advanced in the tournament he won via ko um, and Christine Ferreira, uh, defeated Britton Hart via TKO Dr. Stoppage. I don't remember what fight the president was mad at, but I'll let you take over <laughs> from here. Cause he was, uh, he was not happy. Yeah. So, um, hold up. Uh, I'm just seeing what the fight was. Uh, oh, wow. They even mentioned the fucking fight <laughs> in the article they wrote on it. That must have been that bad. <laughs> yeah so after one of the fights um literally right after the president of uh the bare knuckle fighting championship organization uh what's his name uh david feldman um he, he well he happened to ring real quick after the after a part uh, particularly uneventful fight where one fighter was uh on his bicycle the entire time not really engaging. Um, he hopped into the cage, uh, ring, sorry, ring, and um, proceeded to say that he was ridicu ridiculously disappointed in, uh, oh, here's the man's name, Rusty Crowder, uh, for not getting into a brawl. Um, and uh, he took, he basically said, you fight or you don't get paid, and then cut the man's salary in half. Uh, it should be it should be noted that I guess later that night, um, he he backed off. He he didn't he did not end up taking half of Crowder's purse, but that is, that is a very dangerous precedent to set. <laughs> that that's how fighters stop signing with your promotion. Yeah. Especially like, and I'd imagine that's a lot of legal trouble because I imagine you guys signed the contract, and I don't think anywhere in there it probably said if your fight isn't fun, quote unquote. Cause, yeah, because that's very arbitrary, right. and uh, it's just it's just a nice reminder that the people who turn out to be fight promoters are kind of pathological, uh, pathological like power mongers or whatever. And if if you give them an inch, they will abuse the crap out of you. Yeah, so that that was that was almost a thing. 
Uh, oh, speaking of bare knuckle, apparently they signed Brennan Ward. Oh shit! It's about to get real. <laughs> that's a that's a thing. But you know what though? I'm, I'm glad we actually you know what. I can't believe I'm saying this. I'm glad we did talk about bare knuckle because it did remind me of something that uh, I saw. Um, I, I'll give Autumn Lobov uh, a shout out. Actually, I saw a video that he did. Um, I think it was with Ariel Hawani, and uh, I think it was like towards the end of the video, and he, he gave a nice little spiel that I agreed with, uh, about, like, fighter pay, and he was saying how, like, the whole, the whole show, like, like, you know, a fighter will get, like, 10, 10, 10 to show, 10 to win, you know, yeah, he was saying how, like, that is so, basically saying, like, that's, that's archaic, like, there should just be, there should be no win bonus, like, we should all be getting, like, a flat, you should be getting a flat pay, like, there shouldn't, absolutely, yeah. and it, I don't remember the whole speech, but he, he was spit. He had bars. Like, he, I agreed 110% with every point he made. Um, but, yeah, basically he just went on a long spiel about how it's just it's not fair how fighters are. They basically just they get the, the short end of the stick every time. Like, there shouldn't be any bonuses or in terms of, like, a win bonus. Like, if you show up and you fight, you need to get paid, like, flat out. No 10 to show, 10 to win. You're you're hurting people's pockets. You're hurting people's families. It's not like these organizations, well, especially like the UFC, especially with like an ESPN deal. It's not like y'all don't have the money to do this. Um, but yeah, it, they just don't have the incentive to do it. Right. So I mean, if you get it, which is why fighters are unionized. Exactly. <laughs> like you guys need a the, your own NFL PA or whatever the NBA is called because. Like there, there's a lot of money being thrown around, and you guys are not, y'all, y'all are not getting the, uh, the, the good check. I th- like so for a, a quick minute, they, like, uh, the purses were actually going up. Um, not, not like, so when uh they first moved over to um what was it FS1, hmm. they bumped the purse rate up because it used to be six and six if you remember that. Yeah. Um. Yeah, they bumped up to eight and eight, and then they bumped it up to ten and ten. And I want to say it's twelve and twelve now. I could be wrong about that. But when uh, when and Endeavor or, or WME or whatever the hell they call themselves now, um, when they bought the UFC, I think part of the um, p- part of the deal was that because Dana was still going to be there, that they don't they got they basically locked in the contract prices. So they could keep their operating costs down. Like there was a whole thing where they cut a whole bunch of uh, UFC employees because you know WME just put a bunch of their guys um, on payroll uh, in those positions. But I, I think one of the, I, I think one of the um, one of the, the conditions or orders or whatever you want to call them that WME had in place was basically uh, we're going to. Um, we're gonna freeze. We're gonna freeze all uh, tiers of uh, of payment. So like it's it, basically, yeah. The UFC is now making half a billion dollars right out the gate every year before we talk about sponsor money and extra pay per view revenue, but the base pay is just the same. So everybody else is getting paid, but you, the the guy who's yeah. putting in the work, who's the literal product, you know. So shout shout out to Lowball for that spiel. If you guys get a chance, go uh go go watch that little little interview clip. It was a 
It was a nice one. It was a nice one. So poo poo to Alan Joe Ben, who basically was like, the UFC will eventually pay us more. Yeah, bro, that's not us. <laughs> if you're waiting for the man to finally do the right thing, you're gonna be waiting for a long time. You're gonna have to force their hand at at some point. But uh, that was a uh, that was bare knuckle FC five. Um, moving on to one championship, uh, they had a card that was uh, early on Friday morning, which was somehow on Bleacher Report and YouTube. I don't know how any of this works anymore, but <laughs> all, all of that I, aside. I like my theory where, and I don't know this because I've never paid for Bleacher Report um, service, but I, I like to assume literally you pay Eight, you pay whatever it's like eight dollars for um the card and then you put uh then you go through the little portal and it's just a youtube video <laughs> like bleach report doesn't have its own video service so they just use unlisted youtube videos they send you through that black hole that nasa found you just <laughs> you just pop out on youtube <laughs> but um yeah I, I don't know what one championship is doing with that but, um, no, nah, they, they had a card on Friday. Um, I had to sneak and watch it at work, so I, I didn't catch all of it. But the parts I saw actually were pretty good, so I'll just uh, I'll list off some of the uh, eventful fights and things that happened. Uh, it was headlined by Martin Nguyen and uh, Jadamba. I don't know how to, don't know how to say Jadamba's first name. It is very long. Narantulaglog? I, I don't know how to say that. I'm sorry. Narantulaglog. They, they all just call them Something Jadamba. Like we, we, we just call them Jadamba. But, um... Shout out to Martin Nguyen, man. Um, they, they said before this fight that he moved to training camp. He moved to Florida. I can't remember what gym he went to. Um, but whatever he did in Florida, it worked. Um, he looked really sharp in this fight. This is probably some of the better striking I've seen from him. And boy, oh boy, that finish was brutal. He caught Jadamba with like a leg kick and backed him up. And I don't think Jadamba was ready for the flying knee that was in his face two seconds later. And he just dropped. Um, yeah, when Martin Wynn looked really good in that fight. Um, whatever he did at Florida, keep doing it. Because he looked, he looked really comfortable on his feet. He just he looked really confident. Um, and that was for his, his featherweight title. Um, so shout-outs to, to Martin Wynn, man. That was, a really, that was a really awesome performance. That was a really the main event and co-main event where both had really crazy finishes. Um, really just a good way to cap off that card, which is pretty solid. Um, so Martin Wynn uh, won via uh, flying knee. That was in uh, round two. Um, so yeah, that was that was a, a great finish. Go look that up if you haven't seen it. I saw like that. That's a knockout of the year. Contender. Yeah, like that was. <laughs> yeah, that was so clean. Like, yeah, just yeah. You guys go go watch that man. Like that was that's one of the cleanest flying knees you'll you'll ever see. Um, and the, the fact, like, it was a walk-off, like, he didn't need to follow up, like, it was, it was over. Um, so that, that was a, a great, just great finish. Um, moving on to the co-main event, which was the, uh, flyweight championship between, uh, Joshua Paceo and Yosuke Saruta. Um, Saruta was the champ. Uh, that is, uh, no longer the case after he took a... It it was almost a head kick, but it ended up be it was like one of those situations where I, it looked like a head kick, but it was really like the knee that caught him, and yeah, like um, Morais Basically, yeah, and and 
Saruta just died. Like, <laughs> like he just he just died. Like face plant, no movement. This that's it's over. Like it's no debate. He he's not living anymore. Um, so Paceo took his belt back with uh with 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 a with with the thud man with just with some force authority yeah authority yeah he he just it it don't it don't get much much cleaner than that he 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 wiped Saruta out so that was a really awesome finish just just way, way to just put some oomph on your performance uh so that, those are really awesome main event and co-main event so go watch those if you didn't um, other noticeable fights, uh, Tatsumi Tsuwada defeated Gustavo uh, Ballard via decision. Uh, Leandro Iso caught uh, Chang Jin Fu with a really nice armbar. That was a pretty good fight. Uh, James Nakashima, former uh, LFA guy, he is still undefeated. A bit uh, controversial because it ended um, via injury, and it, it looked like it was not going to be an easy fight for Nakashima, but Nakashima got the win uh, via injury in round two over Luis Santos. Um, wouldn't mind seeing them run that back because Luis was definitely making Nakashima have to work. Um, hopefully Santos is okay, but uh, Nakashima got the win via injury, or they, they call it a TKO. Um, Edward Kelly defeated Sung Jung Lee uh, via TKO. Um, Anderson Silva, not the spider, but uh, kickboxer, no, former Braddock. Yeah, Anderson Braddock Silva. Uh, he made his way over to one championship. He got a uh, KO over Andre... Muner in a kickboxing bout, so you know, look out for him. You know, one championship is you know always heavy into the kickboxing, so I'm pretty sure we'll be seeing uh, Anderson some more. Um, and uh, I can't really comment on any of these other fights; didn't really get to see any of them. Uh, but you know, just go check it out. This was one championship, Roots of Honor. Um, it was a pretty pretty good card. I, I don't know how to rewatch this. I don't know what Bleach Report's doing. I don't know if you can go back and watch these on YouTube, but. If you do anything, you can watch that on YouTube. I, I watched the the uh, while we were while you we were in the news, I was watching the Saruta Palacio fight on YouTube. You so yeah, if you do anything, go back, watch Palacio Saruta and March watch uh, Martin Nguyen and Jadamba. both just really epic finishes. And like you said, that flying knee from from Martin, that's that's a KO of the year candidate uh, for that flying knee. Um, so that was one championship roots of honor, and then. Uh, I'll, I'll let you cover these two. You're, you're more of the boxing guy than I am. Uh, and I, I didn't, right, right, not right. even get to see any of these. So, um, Vasilio Machenko got fed uh, Anthony Corolla, and I mean that in the most literal way possible. Because <laughs> basically, Vasily just unhinged his jaw and swallowed Corolla whole. Um, what was it like? I'm trying. I'm sorry. I'm just trying to remember what round it ended in. Fourth. Fourth round. Yeah. So it was about ten, eleven minutes of Vasily just battering this poor man who had no chance of beating him, um, and then knocking him out with a left hook that sounded like he, he was punching the side of a wall. <laughs> Yeah, I, I saw. I, I didn't see the fight in the hole, but I saw some highlights. Um, I'm sorry, a right hook, but yeah, no. Yeah, this this was uh, it's what we call a body bag. Um, Is it called a mismatch? Yeah, that that too. 
Like, I feel bad for Crawl because he was the mandatory for one of the titles. Like, he he's not completely undeserving, I guess. But at the same time, it was just like, Crawley can't run. Like, he physically is not capable of running. He hurt his ankle. I don't remember how. Um, but he has, like, plates in it, and he's not able to run. And it, movement is super important, especially when you're going to be fighting Vasily Lomachenko. And the way Krola hit the floor after Lomachenko hit him was scary. It was a face plant. It wasn't like, your, like a normal face plant. It, it was just like it, it. It was. It wasn't even slow motion. It was just like his body forgot how to stand. Yeah, that's one of those. Uh, that's the that's the Shang Song Soul Taker. That's uh yeah. Oof. Like he did, yeah he doesn't face plant down like he goes down to his knees and then lands on his head and his head is just there like angled up. Still trying to look at Lomachenko, but he is clearly, like, down. And he he is, like, out, out. Like, the, the referee is, like, having to pull him over and turn him over so that he, he does not swallow his mouthpiece. I'm actually going back to, to watch it now. Oh my! Oh yeah! Oh man! Yeah! Yeah, like full on body bag mode, yeah. like, like he. Oh man! Like you legitimately feel concerned yeah. and bad for the man because it's like he he was out, and it was like his knees were still. Jeez! Yeah, like he didn't like he didn't like flatten his body his knees were it was like he was still trying to hold himself up but he was not there like jesus he was just like hunched over just dead like oh man yeah that's yikes right not uh not much else you can say uh that was supposed to be what's his face um was it uh, Richard Comey? He was, it was supposed to be Richard Comey, um, who I believe got hurt back in February. So they just went with Krola, who kind of got, as Bob Arum put it, got forced on them. Whoops. Um. But yeah, no. Hopefully they do the Comey fight, the Comey fight, and then they do the Mikey Garcia fight, and then Lomachenko over tires before he actually kills somebody. In the <laughs> so is he? Is 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 him in tank? Is that ever gonna be a thing? Um, who knows? Like he threw it out there, but like he well he threw it out there. Somebody asked him in the post fight, and I think he said he's the best fighter on Twitter. Hmm. So. I don't know what that indicates as far as... I know they want to fight each other. I don't know if their promoters will let it happen, though. I feel like that would be a good... That would be a, a fun... Well, I don't know. Because well, it's really hard for me to judge, like, boxers' popularity. Because I, I, I pay attention, but I'm not, like, that close attention. And I think my tank popularity is kind of amplified because I live in Maryland. So I hear about him a lot here. 
Um, right. No, he, he, he is on the rise. He, he is becoming one of the top TV draws. Uh, though that, that, that number is kind of skewed because uh, he's, he's fighting on Showtime and, you know, Terrence Crawford and Vasily Lomachenko and all the top-ranked fighters are fighting on um, ESPN and you have a whole bunch of dudes on uh, the zone. And it's just messy. And the numbers are hard, but Tank does good numbers on Showtime. Well, we'll, we'll see. Uh, and then we also, in other boxing news, uh, the Claressa. Uh, yes, so uh, Claressa Shields and Christina Hammer faced off to use, uh, to become, like, the second women to ever be the undisputed uh, unified champion of their division. Uh, the only other woman to do it is Cecilia Breakhouse, who uh, unified all the belts at 147. And um, after, like, one round of success with the jab, uh, Hammer spent the last 18 minutes of the fight getting the crap beat out of her. Um, she was just too fast, too powerful. Like, there were, there were points in this fight where, like, it looked like the ref was going to stop the fight. But Hammer just found ways to hang on, like, grab, like, literally grab on and, uh, slow, uh, you know, get the, uh, some rest. Um, I, 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 if the ref was really qu- uh, quick to break up a lot of the clinch fighting where uh, Clarissa was having a lot of success, um, honestly, if she had been allowed to fight in the clinch more or if women had three-minute rounds, she probably would have stopped Hammer here. So it, it was easily the best performance of her career. Um she is now the unified women's middleweight champion. And after her fight, she called out Cecilia Breakhouse for a fight at 154 pounds. And that's a fight I would love to see. There we go. Clarissa is continuing to just uh, do Clarissa things. Just... I, like, I like to point out, like, I, I, I've been gen, genuinely... I was genuinely surprised with the amount of um, people just tweeting about it and, like, posting about it yesterday. Yeah, I had I've been had a couple of people at my job who were um who have been talking about it, who um who knew who Clarissa Shields was. So it, it, that's so crazy to me because I, I've been basically since I started this blog, like I've been following women's boxing and talking about it, and it just it feels like it never goes anywhere unless it's like the Olympics. And even then, you don't like even when you talk about them like in between the Olympic periods, like. It, it, it's like me talking to myself, and now it's just crazy to see like Carissa's name out there like that, like where she's getting the amount of attention your average Showtime main event gets, which is so much more than like one one of the top women middleweights on the planet. Um, or I think she's a junior uh junior middleweight now. Um, her name is Alicia Napoleon. She, she's like a top five, top seven middleweight or junior uh, middleweight. She fought on fight pass this past Thursday. At like this, like not even the main event. Like she was, I want to say she was like the fourth or fifth fight from the main event. And that's the level of attention I'm used to uh, like talking about when it comes to women's fights. Right. But here, of course, is headlining on Showtime, so. 
that. We've come we've come a long way in like the past three years. You, you would like to hope that maybe we're you know it's it's, it's still slow. <laughs> it's, I am I, 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 I emphasize that it's still slow, but like maybe this is the. Katie Taylor has yet to headline a card, which is insane to right. me. It's, maybe this is like the very 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 beginning stages of a. Uh, that tide being turned, um, right? Possibly. Well, we'll have to wait and see. But no, nah, that... I, I I think what's going to happen is like what's happening. Like so, on the undercard for uh, the the Shields fight, um, another woman fought. Uh, she was a Russian a Russian woman. I I have to pull up her name to be able to pronounce it. Sorry. Um. So event. Her name is Elena Gradinar. Um, she did not win. But she's signed to the same promotion as Corusa Shields, Salida Promotions. Um, she's a featherweight, and all the featherweight titles are currently held by North American champions. Uh, she was fighting for the interim fe- uh, IBF title, which is held by Jennifer Hahn, who is currently inactive because she's pregnant. Um, one is held by Heather Hardy, and the other is held by Jelena Mervenovic uh, uh, from Canada. Um, you know, I, I don't know about Juliana and Canada. I don't know if her fights get televised, but Heather Hardy's fights as of late have been televised. And my thought process was, oh, Salida Promotions went to Russia to sign the featherweight so they could get a TV fight with Heather Hardy. And I think that's what we're going to see with, um, the middleweight, junior middleweight, or super welterweight, whatever you want to call it. And uh, feather, uh, welterweight divisions, 147 to 164, or 60, my bad, um, where we're going to see promotions sign women like a Randy Miller, a Fresh on Deshaun Cruz, uh, Fresh on Cruz, who can get TV dates with Caressa Shields, because that's where the money is. So I, I expect I expect somebody to sign Randy Miller real soon to like a good a good contract and try to get her on some big undercards. Because oh, oh, oh. I think she, I think she's next. Obviously, just hopefully this all leads to this, the women's boxing in general just being promoted more. Because I, I think in general, like pe- people don't know what they don't know. Like a lot of people just at first maybe didn't know about Clarissa Shields because you just you you don't even see women's boxing. Like it's, unless you're like really really into it, it's just it's a thing that's been happening for a while. But unless it's like really put in your face, you kind of don't. Women have been boxing literally just as long as men have been right. boxing. <laughs> it, it hasn't always been uh, sanctioned, but it's, since the days where boxing was literally a circus sport, women have been doing it too. Right. And it's just like you just you just need to put it out there. And like I don't people people just like violence. <laughs> I feel like it doesn't matter who's doing it. It don't matter who's getting punched. Sure, you'll have some st- stupid people who are still stuck in like the twenties, like women shouldn't fight, but nobody cares about them. They're, they're whatever. But could be yeah, right. <laughs> but it's like if, if people know, if people know that there's somebody who's really good at fighting, and you can put together a good highlight of reel, and then putting some pause on somebody, they're gonna tune in. There's a reason that like even casual people at my job like knew who Claressa Shields was, and were like just halfway interested in seeing the fight because they, you know, they saw some clips. They saw her throwing down, and they were like, oh, I want to watch this because it's on Showtime. And I have, you know, have easy access to it. Just throw them out. Right. Like, stop treating the women like they're, like, aliens or something. Like, it's some impossible thing to sell. Like, it's it's a fight. It's not, 
she isn't rocket science. Like, if she can fight and she does it well, just, I, I don't, you know. You get you get what I'm trying to say. But <laughs> just, just, just throw them out there, man. Like, they, they, we all like fighting. Nobody cares who's doing it. If it's a fight, we're going to watch. Just promote it like you would anything else. But, um, yeah, that, that was, uh, that was boxing for the week. Um, so. Hey, oh, uh, just really quick. Um, cause I, I just remembered he fought last night. Uh, remember Peter Quillen? Uh, Kid Chocolate? Sounds familiar. He's the dude who got knocked out by Danny Jacobs inside of a round. Okay, yeah, I think I do remember him. Yeah, he, he fought again last night. He fought to, um, it was a no, uh, a no contest, I think? A no contest? No decision? Yeah, it was really weird. There were like three no no contest bouts televised over the weekend for boxing. Um, but he, he fought yesterday. I just wanted to bring that up because he's a former like guy, like somebody who sh- who in theory should have been a champion. I mean, he was a champion, but should have been like a contender, but just made a bunch of money and fucked off. I mean, can't blame him. Yeah. Get the bag, get out of there. <laughs> I mean, it's the healthiest way to live, right? Yeah, I mean, hey. I'm, I wouldn't, I'm not mad. I do the same. Give me my, uh, excuse me. Dude, if I ever got to the point where I got a $20 million check for a fight, I, I'm out of here. I'm done. <laughs> yeah, I'm done. I'm out of here. <laughs> That's my retirement right. plan. I never have to work again. I am out of here. Forget integrity and, oh, I got to be the best. No, I just need my bank account to be good. Um, yeah, I'm out of here. <laughs> that was, uh, all the other fights that went down this weekend. So this leads us to the main event of the evening, uh, UFC 236, Holloway Poirier 2, which went down at the State Farm Arena in Atlanta, Georgia. Uh, real quick before we get started, uh, started, shout outs to the good folks at Technical Foul. Um, every time there is a pay-per-view, um, I do write-ups of the pay-per-views and give predictions and such. Um, and I post them on their site, so that is www.technicalfoul.com. That is technical foul spelled with a K T E C yeah T E C K N I C A L uh, foul.com. So go give those um, a read. I always post them on my social media before uh, normally like the day before the card. Um, so shout out to them. Thanks for letting me post and blab and give wrong predictions. Well, I got one of two right um, between this main event and co-main event. So let's just uh, get to it, man. UFC 236, headlined by Holloway Poirier 2. Uh, this is a rematch, like seven years in the making. I think the first time they fought was like 2012-ish, 2014. I don't know. My years are messed up. It was some time ago. Uh, it was 2012. Yeah. It was seven years ago. Ho- Holloway was... was like 19. <laughs> it was like 20. Um, he, he was he was but a young buck. It was weird. Cause it was I, his fifth pro fight. Right. <laughs> It was weird. I went back and like I rewatched that fight, and it was just weird how both of them looked. Like Poirier was really small, Holloway looked like a child. It's like man, we've come a long way. We've we've come a long way. But even that little baby Holloway was still really good. He just got taken down, and after that, it was it was kind of over. But um, nah, man, I was I was I was. It's weird because when this fight first got announced. I felt some kind of way because of like all the chaos that was surrounding like lightweight and it was you know holding up titles. There was just a lot going on, 
but the closer we got to the fight the more i just kind of like all right i just need to accept this for what it is and I, I just warmed up to it a lot more and just accepted it as this is just going to be an amazing fight no matter who wins no matter what happens this is going to be great and boy did it not disappoint man this this was this was everything I pretty much thought it was going to be. Other than I, I did, um, this was was the one prediction I did get right in terms of main event, co-main event. I did pick Poirier to win. I actually did think he was going to be able to get the stoppage. Um, but, man, Max, um, man. Best chin in the sport. <laughs> Besides maybe Yoel Romero. Dude, Max. I know I know Max lost, and we'll, we'll get to that uh, in a little bit, but. Max Holloway is, like, unreal in terms of, like, toughness, a chin, cardio, just, he is literally a guy who you, you have to, like, literally kill him for him to lose. Like, he just does not, the man does not go away. Um, I, I wrote in my uh, prediction and, and breakdown of this fight that the one advantage that I thought was going to make the most difference, and I think did make the most difference in this fight, was just the power difference. Like, Poirier at 155 has just... He just has some extra heat in his hands that we've seen time and time again since he's been at 155. And I wasn't sure if Max was really going to be able to... Because Max isn't a, a one-shot, you know, knockout kind of guy. He's more of a... I just overwhelm you and just after an accumulation and you just can't breathe for four rounds. Eventually you're just, you're just going to fold. Um, but Poirier's power was, I think enough to, to win. And I, I don't, can't really say keep Max at bay. <laughs> I guess, I guess that's the way I could describe it. If, if, if that even works, but no, nah, man, this was an amazing fight. Um, dude just came out just, it was just hands. Hands galore, pretty much, from, for what I thought it was going to be and what it turned out to be. Um, but Poirier just was able to land a lot more of the, the power shots that really... It, it seemed like when they did throw... Not to say that Holloway's shots didn't hurt Poirier, because there were moments where Holloway would get off a nice string, a nice combination, a nice blitz. Um, he had some really nice body shots. He did a good job of mixing it up um, and just really putting the pressure on Poirier at moments. But you could just tell when they exchanged, like, Poirier's punches just had a little, little extra oomph to him. Like, when Poirier would catch him flush, he, he, he stunned him a couple times. He had him wobbled a couple times. He just, Poirier just hits different. He, there's a lot of extra sting in his punches. Um, and I thought Poirier, Poirier to me, I, I don't know if he's better, but I, I like his way of putting together combinations, um, that mixed in with his power, I, I thought would just make him a bit more dangerous on the feet as long as he could survive the onslaught. It was just a nice, I didn't say nice, it, it was an amazing just back and forth. Poirier landing power shots, Max refusing to die and staying in Poirier's face. There was a moment, I think in like the third round, when I finally realized like, oh, Max isn't going to die. Like, I, 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 for a second, I thought Max might end up stealing the fight. Because he did have a really good, I want to say, like, fourth and fifth round. Um, where his volume just seemed to just, like, it, it almost, like, increase. Like, he just refused to die. And he managed to wobble Poirier a couple times. Just kept moving forward. Um, the body shots, I did think, start to, to pay dividends. Because Poirier, I thought, did start to s slow down. But I think his power just always kept him in the fight. Like, Max always had to be 
I want to say cautious, but he, he didn't really fight like he was cautious. But like he, he still had to be wary of the power because if Poirier would catch him flush, he he could he could rock him at any moment. But Jeez Louise, um, th this was like a classic, man. These these two dudes just all wore Holloway's face was a crime scene by the end of the fight. Um, Poirier didn't look as busted up as I thought he would, considering the the volume that he did take, but. He wore it pretty well, but um, yeah, amazing fight, man. Just that—that that was a classic. Just yeah, that—that that was this. This was everything I thought it was gonna be and more. Um, it is such a weird fight because it really does feel like neither dude deserves to lose, and that's not even on like, oh, Max hung in the fight after he got hurt. That's like, oh no, he did, like. There is a legitimate argument that you could score that fight like 48, 47 Max Holloway. Like, um, like the the knee that uh, in the third or fourth round that just completely busted open Holloway's face. Um, that came towards the end of a round where Holloway was basically—I won't say he was running away with it, but he was he was ahead. Yeah, he was winning. And there were a few rounds like that where, like, Holloway was pouring on volume. He was backing Poirier into the face, he uh, into the fence. He was, um, uh, you know, he, he was hitting him with these five, six uh, strike combinations. And then towards the end of the round, Poirier would pull something out of his ass that would just send him for a loop, and it would be the most memorable strike landing in the round. Um, like... I feel like anywhere from like forty eight, forty six, Poirier to like forty eight, forty seven, Holly was like a, uh, an acceptable, perfectly acceptable card. Uh, um, Poirier, man, just this is the same dude who got lit up by KZ, right? Like, <laughs> like six years ago, seven years ago, like that's insane, like. He has completely fundamentally changed the type of striker he is. He is no longer like, because he used to be just a straight up brawler. Now he is like a legitimately good boxer. Yeah, like one of the best at one fifty five. Um, I also think he's the best puncher south of one seventy. Like better than Connor. Um, like I I am. Like, uh, part of me feels like I'm not giving this fight enough like brain space just because of the fight that came before it. But this was absolute. Like, it is an absolute classic. Um, and I really hope they get Poirier the title fight. Um, not to move off the fight too quick, but like that that, that type of performance, he absolutely earned it. Yeah. At this point, yeah, you can't. I don't think he can really be denied anymore. Like, whether or not... You'd be surprised. You'd be surprised. Yeah, yeah I know. <laughs> but it's like, whether or not you think he would beat Habib, it's kind of irrelevant. To say that he doesn't deserve that shot, at least, is crazy to me. Like, the dude is... He might be one of the most, like, improved fighters I've ever seen. Like, he his, his jump from... Like you said, he completely just revamped himself. Like, he doesn't even look like the same... Even if you look at the first fight with Holloway, which he, he, he still won, that he doesn't look like the same guy. Like, he's, he's completely different. And it's, 
I, I don't I don't know what to say. Like the dude is just he he's he's earned his stripes. Like every bit of success and any accolade that Poirier earn any he gets, he's earned a hundred and ten percent. Um, and I, I I'll I'll give him this. I was impressed that because we we know with Holloway like gas tank is never an issue. He can go he can go five rounds. If there were six rounds, seven rounds, I I bet Holloway could still put on that kind of pace. I was surprised that Poirier was still. Even though there were moments where he got overwhelmed, just the fact that he never got completely broken, and compared to a lot of other fighters that Holloway has fought, he was able to keep a good enough pace to win him the fight still. Like, he didn't allow himself to get completely overwhelmed and broken in those later rounds. And, like I said, I think... Like, we, we've seen him, his composure just melt away before, and it just never went away here. Hmm. Like, he never looked... Like, he he never had that deer in the headlights look like he had against Ma- uh, uh, McGregor, for example. Despite the fact that he was getting touched here more than he was against McGregor. Yeah, this, this, man. Man, oh man. Bo- both guys just, we, we, you, it was one of those fights where, like, I knew this was going to be good, but even still watching it, was like, man, I didn't think this was going to be this is this is the best this sport has to offer. Yeah, this is this is one of those fights where you remember like, oh, this is why I love MMA. Because like I get I get one of the, every so often I get one of these kind of fights where it's like, this was a special moment. Like this was, I'm glad I saw this in real time, and this 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 is something I'm not gonna forget. I'm gonna remember this fight for a long time because of just how great it was. Yeah. Um, and like I said, props yeah. and just. Man, <laughs> props to Poirier for just every time it seemed like he was about to get overwhelmed. Dude, just I don't know where he's drawing the power from, <laughs> but he just he just unleashes it. And I love Max's defensive. I'm not clinching. I'm still just gonna fight. Like <laughs> I'm gonna get rocked, and I might back up a little bit, but I'll be back. I, I think I think I think part of it was he just didn't want to get taken down just because of what happened in the first fight. Yeah, and like. Uh, it's it's funny. Um, after he had his like feel, real first moment of success, like where he he seems like he hurt Poirier. Oh, well, I shouldn't say that because he knocked him down in the first round. Um, which is actually the only time anybody went to a knee in this fight, in terms of like getting rocked. Because like, Holly got rocked a lot, but he never went down. Like Poirier actually got knocked down in the first round. But um. Literally, the I think it was the exact same sequence. Like a flying knee attempt from Max Holloway gets turned into a takedown attempt by um, Poirier with his hands against the fence, and Holloway was able to shake it off. But like that's a, that's a sequence he went back to later in the fight and was able to get the takedown, even if for only for like a brief minute. But here, Poirier was using it to get rest between rounds. Um, or I'm sorry, in the middle of rounds where Holloway seemingly has a bottomless gas tank. Right. It's just like, oh my gosh, such a good fight. And I think those um, those little things just like that, being able to just initiate a takedown, even if you don't do anything, even if it's just to get rest, it was those little things that I think kind of won Poirier the fight. Because I think he... I think he's slightly, I don't know if he's more well-rounded than Max, but I, I feel like he uses more of his tool set. 
and he can pull out those little little subtle things that'll because in this fight it's it's a, it's a game of inches like you you, yeah. you kind of need those moments because this fight could have easily went the other way um like i said let's say if he just wasn't really shooting for takedowns even so to rest he might have just gotten overwhelmed and this fight could have went the other direction but that power just mixed with those other little little subtle things that he had in his game just he, he was able to, to, to pull it through. Um, like I said, man, his boxing looked great. Uh, his chin was great. Poirier's cardio was, was able to keep up with Holloway's as much as you, you would hope it would. Um, no, I don't have anything bad to say about either guy. Like, <laughs> like, like honestly, I, like, having seen that, I think this is the worst matchup for Holloway. He'd be fine at 155. But like, this is a thing where like he doesn't lose, like he only gains from this, except maybe his durability. Because I, I don't know how you're the same after that. Yeah. yeah, I mean, if anybody can be the same after that, it's Max Holloway. But like, I don't know how you're the same after that. Yeah, that that's that's one of those fights that could potentially you, you might have took like four years off your life <laughs> after. After a fight like that, and it is crazy that he never dropped in that fight because he he was he caught some hands. Like make no mistake, he got he, he got rocked a couple good times and. But the but never touched the mat because of a punch. Yeah, dude is unreal. But that that fight was. You could only hope to follow up the co-main event, which I guess we'll we'll get to in a second, because the co-main event was just put the card on like another level. And I was just even thinking, like, how are they gonna, how are they gonna match or follow this up? And I, I think they did as best they could. They, they, I still like the the co-main a little better. Um, the co-main was way more, a uh, tad bit more dramatic. Yeah, because there were there were bodies dropping. Yeah, and it was a lot. <laughs> it, it was a that, lot that, going on. It, it also involves one of the greatest fifth round performances in the history of championship uh, fighting. Yeah. Uh, it, not not to be the negative Nancy. Ah, uh, it sucks that these are for interim titles. Like, ugh, that that odd word, man. I mean, I, I I I like to think at least they're getting paid like champions. I hope they are. Yeah, because like, these were both championship performances. Yeah. From all but, parties involved. Yeah. But um, yeah, Poirier won. Uh, the scorecards were forty nine, forty six. Uh, across the board, he got unanimous decision. To be honest, I stopped co- scoring the fight like two rounds in because I was just like, "Yo, this is." I'm just watching at this point. I don't know who's winning. I'm just watching violence, and it is amazing. But Poirier got the win. Give the man his title shot, man. He he's. I, I love Tony too, but apparently they're going to um, uh, was it Abu Dhabi in September, and they want Khabib on that card. Uh, yeah, I, I, that would be an amazing ass fight. I, I, I don't know if like, I haven't put a whole bunch of thought into Poirier Khabib as like a stylistic matchup, but it's definitely the fight I want to see. That is not the Tony Ferguson fight. Yeah, give, give, let, let Poirier get his chance, man. That man's been, he's been working for his, and he, he, he's earned every bit of his check. <laughs> man, but. That yeah, that fight was amazing. So if you guys did not get a chance to see Poirier Holloway too, that's that's a that's an all time classic. Go back and watch that. But moving on to the co main event, man, 
um this 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 might be fight of the year for me um it's i don't see how something tops it unless it's like no i got I, like i'm trying to think of a fight that could potentially top it like just trying to make one up off the fly and like unless justin gaethje can fight a mirror right <laughs> like, yeah it's it's gonna be hard to yeah Co- co-main event for the interim middleweight title um israel adesanya calvin gastelum boy oh boy like I knew this was a classic, like, <laughs> it didn't take long. This fight, and I think it, it caught me off guard because my, my way I envisioned this fight going was either, like, Gaslam would be able to pressure him and, like, eventually clip him and knock him out, or Israel Adesanya would just kind of pick him apart from Kelvin, be able to pick uh, Gaslam apart from range because the that reach difference was, like, nine inches or something crazy. Um I guess I didn't envision it being like a back and forth. Either like one was going to do major damage or we were just going to see Adesanya just kind of dance on Gaslam for five rounds. And maybe it'd be entertaining, but it wouldn't be like, you know, it wouldn't be anything super crazy. But nah, instant classic. Um, fight of the year. Good luck to anybody trying to have a better fight than this. Because like you said, it, it wasn't just the fact that it was a great fight. It was the drama and like the theatrics <laughs> of it all. Like everything just just came together, um, and even just the the order and the way things happen. Like, obviously the first round is really tense. We know Gaslam has crazy knockout power, but the question is like, could he actually catch Gaslam? Can he close distance? He manages the. I think he caught him with a, was it a left? He caught him with. He, he, caught, he caught him with one of those left looping hands. Yeah, caught him with that left, stumbled him, and at that point it's like, all right, we got to fight. Like. It's, it's, it's going down. And just from that point on, the fight was just so tense because you knew Gaslam had the power to clip him and do major damage. So every swing was like, ooh, is he going to hit him? But Adesanya just so good defensively, super just economical with his, like, shot selection. And this was another one of those fights that by, like, the second round, I just kind of stopped scoring because it was just so many it's every it was this was one of those fights where like every moment counted like everything mattered because one mistake on either end was going to cost these guys the fight if Adesanya made one mistake he was going to get clipped which he got clipped a couple times if Gaslam made a mistake he was going to probably get hit with something he didn't even see coming um Adesanya was landing spinning back elbows <laughs> like perfectly placed kicks just really great at range, but Gastelum, who, speaking of chins, who ate a lot of shots and still managed to continually just pushing forward, he caught Adesanya. Uh, we've never seen Adesanya's face this bruised up. <laughs> like, and I don't remember what round it was that Gastelum caught Adesanya with a head kick. That was the fourth <laughs> round. Like, after all of the and it's 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 so hard to zoom in on specifics because the fight was just there was so much happening like but that that moment really stuck out to me because he for one i just didn't see it coming he catches adesanya with a head kick and then adesanya he gets that look in his face like you know you get that woozy look like oh 
that that one kind of caught me and Gaslam swarms on him and I got so mad I, I don't even know who really I was rooting for I picked Gaslam to win but I, I don't know it was just craziness but I thought he was just gonna swarm him with strikes and he went for a takedown I was like no Gaslam don't do that don't you could have just <laughs> you see it, it, if it was anybody else I, I might agree but like if we're being real you have somebody, you have a hurt Israel Adesanya, the dude who, not even like a year ago, or was it a year ago? Like, my, my brain's all fuzzy. Yeah. Not, like, literally, a year ago to the day, got out-wrestled by Marvin Vittori. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I get it. So, like, I, I get where Gaston's brain's going in that moment. Yeah, because if, if he, he could have like, gotten top control, you know. If he could have gotten top, he probably could have got to his back and got the submission. Yeah. But, um, man, there, there were so many great just back-and-forth moments. And I got to give Adesanya credit because um, I, I, I didn't think – maybe I just haven't been giving him enough credit, which would be dumb on my part. I didn't think he would stun Gaslam as much as he did. But when he did, like, actually sit and commit on his punches, he was definitely, like, snapping Gaslam's head. And as we saw in that last round, bro, he dropped him, like – <laughs> he dropped Gaston like four times or something crazy like that. And I don't know how you scored the fight heading into the fifth. It might have been two and two, but they, they both were just back and forth. People were getting rocked. Bodies were flying all over the place. Gas, I mean, Adesanya's face was busted up. Gaston was getting clipped with, with shots and, and picked apart at moments. But that fifth round, like you said, that was one of those rounds where Adesanya just like, he just, he, he, whatever he had left in the reserve, he just emptied out and went to another level. And it was wild because that moment where, like, Gaslam caught, um, Adesanya in the, in the, what was that? I forgot who caught who in the guillotine or the attempted guillotine. The triangle? No, no, no. There was a standing guillotine at some point because that's how they went to the ground. Oh, that was, uh, that was Adesanya. Yeah, yeah. Adesanya had the, like, attempted guillotine. They ended up going to the ground. They had this crazy scramble. <laughs> And it, I thought Adesanya was going to be in trouble. It's like, oh, they're going to the ground. Gaston's probably going to have the advantage. Adesanya ends up, like, going for a triangle. It was so much. That whole sequence was just wild. And then they ended up back on the feet. And Adesanya just goes, just ultra instinct in the last round. Drops Gaston, like, three or four times. At, that, at one point, I thought he was going to finish the fight. That last time he dropped him. I don't think Gaslam really had anything left, and I think the ref just gave him the benefit of the doubt because it was only like 10 seconds left, so he kind of just let him survive until the end because Adesanya, I think, almost had him out of there um, in that last round. But there was... <laughs> this is one of the greatest fights I've ever seen in my life. It was so good. Just... Whew. Jesus Christ. That was just... It was, it was so good. I, I can't even really describe just... It was amazing. Just, just greatness. I'll, I'll shut up. <laughs> yeah, no, like everything you said, like, um, my, my thought process in this fight was Gaslam might catch Adesanya early, but Adesanya's too good of a kickboxer to where if you attack him early because you're faster than him, 
or you have like quick hand speed, he won't get your timing down. Like he he will eventually get your timing down, and you, you know your speed won't mean as much. And and that takes that happen. He caught him in the first round, dro- uh, rocked him, dropped him, whatever you want to say. Um, put him on his butt. Came back in the second. Seemed to just have gotten his timing down completely, almost immediately. Had Gaslam uh, like swinging at air, and then on um, a left hand attempt from Gaslam, just drops him with a one two. Um. Like, if Adesanya was going to hurt Gaslam in this fight, it was going to be when Gaslam overcommitted, and he did that. Uh, like, I think he thought the left hand would get hit, like, after he dropped him, it would just buy him respect instantly to the point where Adesanya wouldn't be able to, um, just, just throw as he pleased. But, you know, Adesanya's a little longer. He's got a much more nuanced understanding of distance so he's able to stay within his range and just tag the shit out of Gaslam and drop him um I had him winning the third round uh Adesanya I had him winning the fourth round up until the head kick which I I thought if Gaslam was going to have a chance to win this fight he'd have to mix in his wrestling to throw off Adesanya's timing of his uh, left hand no he just ends up throwing a head kick out of nowhere <laughs> Can you, do you remember the last time seeing Gaslam throw a head kick? Right. <laughs> I want to say it was like against Rick Story. I could be wrong. But, yeah, no, he throws the head kick. It catches every part of, like, Adesanya's chin. And he's just rocked. And then that fifth, like, that fifth round is just, that is up there with, Silva, Sonnen, um, Lawler, McDonald, too. I'm trying to think, like, Robbie Lawler, Carlos Condit, um, just all-time championship round performance from Adesanya. Just, but honestly, he could have got the stoppage. Like, he, he probably should have, because after the fight, Kelvin Gaslam has to have what the the last like three minutes of his life explained to him by one of the um the the ringside physicians who was just like what happened who has to explain to him what happened because he is completely lost. Um, like I I don't even like if the Whitaker fight is half as good as that. It's going to be an amazing fight. It's going to be an all-time classic fight. Like that—that's one of the best five-round UFC fights we've ever seen. Yeah, just yeah. If there's no other way to put it, like that. Like I said, it, it's going to be hard pressed to find a better fight this year than what we just got between the, and Adesanya just is so. Cause that could have been one of those fights where like those some of those times he got rocked like he never really gets outside of himself he's really good at just sticking with what he does and because he does it so well like he didn't get rocked and go crazy he's still like super economical with his strikes he, he doesn't really waste moments or movement he he does everything with purpose and like I said, he never loses 
that's a fight where he easily could have lost track of like what was like happening and just went off the rails because there was just so much going on. To to be able to keep like that kind of composure and calm when you this is like the first time you you've been tested tested like you got clipped and rocked sometimes and you were in some real danger and he never he never lost his cool. Dude just he's sticking to what he does because he does it so well and it just oh man. Another one of those fights where you just you 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 hate to even say somebody lost <laughs> because the arena just erupted when that fight was over. Like, like, I, like this fight emotionally drains me for the the main event, which is probably better than I remember being. Despite me remember it being like amazing, but all I could think about was this fight. Right? Yeah. After this fight was over, I was like, oh my god, we still have one more. Like. Because the way this it was just the way this fight ended, it almost felt like like the card should have just ended right here. Like, like it's not gonna get any better than this. There's no way. Israel Adesanya, early front runner for fight of the year 2019. Like, good God. Yeah. Like, and just like this is another thing. Like Adesanya, wild card. We we didn't know how good he really was. Like. In terms of an like in an MMA context, now we do. Yeah, uh, yeah. Any any doubts? I think you might have had. Dude, he's legit. He's real deal. You can't uh, you can't question it anymore. Dude is, he is legit as they come. Um, man. Second Nigerian uh, born fighter to ever win the UFC title. Uh, Only a month after the first one did. Right. Shout out to Usman. He was in the crowd. That was. Yeah, man, that, these, between the main event and co-main event, like, these are just two of those special moments in MMA that are just gonna go down in history, like, just, the, these, yeah, the, these are gonna be, you know, they, they have the Hall of Fame category for, like, fights, that's, that's gonna mm-hmm. be in there, yeah, these are gonna be in there, no, no, no yeah. question, no question, but, Jesus Christ, man, that, that, yeah, Adesanya, Gaslam, all-time classic, one of the best fights I've ever seen. One of the best championship performances you'll ever see. And probably fight of the year. I know we're only halfway, not even halfway through the year. But um, good luck trying to have a fight better than that. Just good luck. Um, like, you know, the only fight on paper that I could see even, like, and it's not a five-round fight, so it, 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 it probably won't work because, like, Volkanovski, although, and we don't even know if that fight's yeah, happening. going to happen. But, yeah, you guys got a tall task ahead of you. Um, but, yeah, Adesanya won on the scorecards. Uh, he got 48-46 uh, all across for unanimous decision. Uh, wins the interim middleweight title, uh, setting him up for a fight against Robert Whitaker, which, like you said, that, that fight's probably going to be... Because Whitaker's another one of those guys who's just, like, stupid tough for no reason. We probably could mm-hmm. get a similar fight out of. I, I don't know if it'll be as good, but it it'll probably be up there. Cause he, I, I think I think it'll be a slower paced fight. To be honest, like I, I don't see. Yeah, I, I don't think. I, I don't. I don't think Whitaker's gonna put himself out there to be hit like yeah, Gaston like does. Yeah, yeah. He'll 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 be a little more economical, a little, a little more slower paced. But man, yeah, we got we got two two all time classics. For, for a main event and a co-main event. So, uh, yeah. So, shout out to Israel Adesanya, man. Amazing, just amazing performance. And Calvin Gaslam, man. Hats off to 
to both guys. Um, so moving on uh, to light heavyweight, uh, Khalil Roundtree Jr. and Eric Anders uh, coming into this fight. Uh, they said uh, Roundtree uh, actually went to Thailand after his loss to Johnny Walker. Uh, he went, you know, to, to the motherland to work on his clinch game. He he came back as Sagat from Street Fighter. Um, <laughs> like, I just want to say, it, it feels like the main like after the first, like after talking about the last two fights, the rest of this card is basically a different sport. Yeah, like, <laughs> and what's bad is like there were still good fights. But those good two performances, were just, good, yeah. Those two were just on another. Those two were on another level, like the rest of these fights. Like some of them were good, but those were like great. Like they were on their own. You can't even mention them in the same sentence. Like they they were just different. But um, nah, man. Whatever Roundtree did in Thailand clearly worked, and we saw it immediately. Like even if you just look at the stance. He he just came out straight Muay Thai stance, like light on the lead leg, bouncing up and down, leg kicks immediately. Just I know Anders hasn't like generally been in MMA for that long, um, and I've actually been impressed at how good he's actually done for himself. A guy who came over from football, uh, University of Alabama, really athletic and strong, and has done really well for himself. I watched him in LFA. Wasn't sure how he'd do, but I think he's he's done better than I thought he would. But I think this was one of those fights where, like, you realize, like, he's... I'm not saying he's not a fighter, like, that's literally his job, but, like, Roundtree's like a fighter. Like, like, <laughs> like, like I, I've been doing this for a while. Um, I, I, I like to think of Roundtree as, like, that dude who just shows up every once in a while at the basketball court. He's, like, dunking. Right, <laughs> but, he plays, but he plays no defense. Like, like he'll he'll occasionally get in the lane and like steal a pass and then run it back and then like do a three sixty and throw it down. But like, he, otherwise, he's just gonna generally letting you go right past him. But when he's on offense, yeah, um, no, it is yeah, scary. It is, it is frightening. He put on. Like I said, he he whatever training he did in Thailand, he just brought that right over here because he just put on a, and I mean Roundtree striking has always been powerful. That's always been like his his strong point, but this time it just looked so much more crisp, so much more on point. Like I said, the, he was battering Anders with leg kicks the entire fight, combinations through the roof. I've never seen Anders just get beat up so much, like. Like you're used to people being scared of his size and his like his strength, so like when he walk because he loves to pressure without actually throwing anything, so he likes to walk people down. But Khalil Roundtree is just as big and just as strong, mm-hmm. and gives zero fucks about what you want to do. Yep. Like it, I, I we I don't think we probably talked about this fight all that much prior like to this card, but. Like, this was just a bad match for Anders. Yeah, he... It, it looked like he had no... He had no clue. Like, no answer. For, <laughs> he just got hit with everything under the sun for three rounds. And it wasn't really until the third where he finally was like, alright, I, I, I lost the first two rounds big. 
Like, like really big. Like, he, he got blown out the first two rounds. Um, third round, he, he tried to, like, amount some offense, but it just it just didn't matter. Like, this is the best round tree I think we've ever seen in terms of just striking ability. Dude was just firing on all cylinders. Just straight Muay Thai clinic on Anders. Just He, he bullied him. Just big brothered him for three rounds basically um i'm surprised anders just even lasted because he was he got a this was an abusive performance <laughs> like it, it was a paddling from from roundtree um, a very very impressive paddling yeah no um no human should have to go through the last like eight months that eric Anders went through because if you remember back in august that's when he fought tiago santos mm-hmm and he looks like he actually died, like, like legit died in in the cage, where he just collapsed and was just not able to stand back up. Um. Yeah, no, that like, Roundtree is scary, dude. Like, I don't know what it's gonna take for him to be like good. Like a like ag actually good, but. If he can never figure it out, man, he he is one to watch out for. Yeah, and I mean, you know, two two oh five is only getting older, so I don't know how old he how old is he. I mean, really, age doesn't matter at two oh five. Guys are like thirty eight still fighting, so Shogun's out here about yeah. to run for the title. So. <laughs> right, around <laughs> round three tries. No, nobody cares about age. That's that's he's, he's only twenty nine. Oh yeah, so yeah, he'll be he'll be around for a while. Um, yeah, he he might be a guy, he, I could see him making his, his way up there, like, I mean, mostly at 205, you know, outside of a few guys, it's just a lot of, I'm strong, I'm powerful, I'm athletic, and maybe like, I can like, wrestle. Like, Nikita Krylov is now officially two fights away from fighting John Jones, so like... <laughs> yeah, Roundtree can't be that far around the corner. Ooh, let's do that fight, let's do Roundtree versus Nikita Krylov. Hmm. Yeah, we'll get there. That could happen though. I would I wouldn't mind seeing that. I mean, Krylov had a little he had a little, little kickboxing going. I don't think he would. I don't know if he want that kickboxing smoke, but I don't. But Round Roundtree man, that was an amazing performance. Um, that that's one of the most dominant like one sided fights you'll ever watch. Um, yeah, great great job on Roundtree. Stay in Thailand. <laughs> keep keep doing what you're doing. Because it's, it's working. And props to Anders for surviving. Because a, a lot of people just probably would have died that fight. He, he is insanely tough. Probably too much for his own good. You could probably argue that he didn't even really need to see a third round. Like, they, they could have just pulled him and been like, all right, man. Like, it's, we've seen enough. But, um, yeah. Shout out to Roundtree, man. That was, that was a really, really great this Muay Thai clinic he put on. Uh... So he got the win via unanimous decision, 30-26 across the board. Uh, moving on to the next fight on the main card, Dwight Grant versus Alan Joban. Uh, this is the one fight I did not rewatch for various reasons. Um, yeah, <laughs> like, <laughs> I don't remember this fight. Like, I, like I, I, I remember nothing. It was a lot of Joban trying to push forward and, like, make something happen. A lot of Dwight, like, engaging but not really engaging. Um, 
like I think Dwight landed some of the harder hits, but Joe Biden was the one who was like really pushing the action. Not really a lot to really talk about this fight. I, I remember Joe Biden being upset. He was. Yeah, he was. Yeah, he was. He was pissed. And I, I get it. I guess because like Dwight never really pushed the action like at all in this fight. He was pretty much fighting backwards and countering. He was never really like being the aggressor, but he did land some hard shots. But Joe Bon was the one like he he landed shots probably not as hard as Grant, but he 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 did land shots and he was the one who was actually like pushing the pace, um, trying to dictate the fight. But yeah, it was one of those fights that yeah. As far as this main card go, it sticks out as that one fight that was kind of like, yeah, this wasn't uh, this it, isn't it. Yeah, this yeah. this ain't it. This this ain't yeah. it. So Dwight Dwight Grant ended up winning via split decision, but y'all don't really gotta go back and uh relive it. Nah, you don't you don't need to do that to yourself. Wrestling. Was on the main card of a pay per view. Yeah, that was my um. <laughs> that's what I put in in the the group chat. That was my thoughts. No no disrespect to either, but um, you could have put Turner Favola in that place. You could have put Pantoja Hayes in that spot. Um, you could have literally just left it empty and would have been better. Right. <laughs> there were there were much better options than yeah. So that that was how that fight went, but uh. Yeah, not not really much to write home about. And the last fight on the main card, Nikita Krylov or Vince St. Preux. Uh, this was a rematch of Vince St. Preux in their first fight. Caught him with the, the Vaughn, the Vaughn Preux choke. But um, this fight did not go that way. Lots of, uh, you know, kickboxing from Krylov. OSP did manage to get him down. There's a lot of grappling going on. And then OSP eventually just kind of tired out. Um, I don't even remember the finishing sequence of how, oh, I mean, Krylov got the choke. Um, it was a cool fight. I just don't really remember it. And a ton of it was, it was <laughs> yeah. a lot of Krylov pushing Prue back against the cage with strikes, like really crisp for striking. Like he he was always like a really good kicker, but he. The hand seemed to be developing a little bit. Um, he was working some nice straight kicks, like uh, uh, kicks to the chest, kicks to the stomach. Um, the, the the sequence where we end up on the ground, I believe, is OSP shoots for a takedown. Krylov, like... I, I believe, yeah, Krylov, like, stuffs it and swings around to his back for the rear naked choke. Um, yeah, no... Uh, is it fair to say like OSP is just like on the downside now? I mean, I think OSP just kind of is what he is. Like, I think we've we've unfortunately, I think we've probably seen the best of him. Like, he's just one of those guys that just night in night out. I don't know. He might win one. He might lose one. Well, I say, I just <laughs> say that because like, like they mentioned this during the fight. It had to go back and check. But yeah, like the dude since. Uh, this is his fourth fight in, like, a calendar year or something crazy like that. Or, I'm sorry, his fourth fight in, like, 14 months. And then, before, like, the year before that, he fought four times in a year. And then the year before that, like, he fought a crazy amount of times. It, it just seems like he's burnt himself out. Like, in that, athletically, he's on the decline. Yeah, I, I don't know. 
Good. That uh, he's what one in his last. He's one one for his last uh, four. Yeah, and there there are some, you know, not not saying two hundred five super deep, but there are a couple of younger guys that are making their ways up. So, you know, he he, you know, could come back and still find himself in another fight that could be a tough outing. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. I think OSP is just one of those guys that he's kind of, uh, unless he undergoes like a camp change, I think he's kind of capped out at this point. Like we've seen, we've seen the best of him already. And he just kind of is what he is, I think, at this point. Um, but no, good, good on Krylov, like you said. Striking look really improved. Um, able to get out of some bad spots. And especially after the way his initial UFC comeback went, not the way he wanted it. So a good bounce back from that. Um, so shout out to Nikita Krylov getting a, getting a submission over OSP. So that was the main card, which, minus the Dwight Grant and Joe Bond fight, was actually really good. And like I said, the co-main event and main event just, put on a whole nother level so that was the main card of 236 um moving on to the espm prelim portion of the card uh we got matt that matt frivola versus jalen turner um this is a really a really good fight jalen turner huge as a lightweight i don't remember his height but dude's gotta be like six two something crazy um i would say he's like six three yeah, he's yeah. He's, he, he's the same height as OSP. Yeah, he's a big. Uh, he's a, he is a big gentleman, to to be a lightweight. Really long, really rangy. Um, he I, I definitely think he he did a good job of. There, there was like a uh to me like a power discrepancy. I think Favola felt just a lot of his punches. Anytime he caught Favola with like a straight or really just connected, I felt like Favola felt it. But good on Favola who um, you know he did eat some hard shots. Um, but I think he just did a good job of being able to mix it up more. He got a lot of takedowns on Turner, and I think that was just kind of the difference um, and what got him to win the fight. Like, he might get touched up on the feet, but he, he would land his own strikes, but when it just came down to it, he had the takedown in his bag to go to, and he was just able to work that for all three rounds. Um, it was a competitive fight, but just I just think the takedowns were just kind of too much, and that just pretty much i think what what ended up winning him over he got a unanimous decision um yeah no um like there are there are disadvantages of being a taller fighter especially when you're fighting a wrestler who can just shoot in on your hips doesn't even have to duck under um especially when you're not a particularly good wrestler um Uh, he did a good job getting himself out of some submission attempts. Um, when he did have the distance down, it did land really well, but Turner just was not able to keep up. So, like, I'll, I'll have a whole bunch to say on this one. Like, Favola, turning into, like, a fun prelim action-y type of dude. Um, between this and his fight with uh, Lando Venata. So. Yeah, and I was going to say the reason... Um... I had mentioned this in the write-up as a potential fight to look out for. That, And I mentioned that um, I like Jalen Turner, but I felt like Frivola has fought better competition. And not not saying that Turner wouldn't be able to hurt him, but, like, you know, if you've been in there with Lando <laughs> and you can hold your own, you're pretty, you're pretty good. I think that, that yeah. says a lot about you. So um, I, I thought that he'd have enough in the toolbox to get it done. And 
Um, he did. Still, uh, no, not a bad showing from Turner, but just, yeah, he, he he got taken down probably one too many times. This is not the place where you want to be ironing out your issues. Yeah. You know, like, like, this is not the place you want, like, the UFC is not a place where you want to be building your skill set anymore. Like, you got to come in with that shit pre-made. Yes, you, your creative character stats need to already be, uh, <laughs> especially at lightweight. Like, that's the division that you just can't, you can't yeah, do that. These dudes are just look like they are. Like if you're gonna come into the UFC, you're in your one skill base. Like it should be wrestling, just so you can control where the fight's taking place. Be because like just learning on the fly with all these other this all. Yeah, not not gonna be a not gonna be not gonna easy be. day. It's a rough day at the office, but uh, good good on Matt Favola, man. Just able to overcome that height and and range discrepancy, and able to really just grind out a win. So good performance on Favola. Uh, moving down to flyweight, long live flyweight. Uh, we had Alejandre Pantoja and Wilson Hayes. Uh, this fight lasted all of about two, almost three minutes. Um, <laughs> Pantoja threw the right hand like a couple times in the beginning of the fight. And then that pretty much ended up what was the demise of Hayes. Um, can't remember, but not. I feel like not really a ton happened. Like Pantoja came out pretty measured, got some striking off. Like I said, he he had threw that right hand a couple times. Um, did Hayes did Hayes get a takedown? I feel like he did get a takedown, or at least went for one. He probably went for one. I don't remember if he got it. Yeah, I know he he at least attempted for uh, attempted one, but Hayes. I think Hayes' problem was like he couldn't get the takedown. And couldn't really land a whole, uh, couldn't really land a bunch either. And Pantoja just landed a perfect straight right that just, <laughs> that just floored, just floored Hayes, man. Took his soul, got some ground to pound in and got him out of there. Um, Pantoja, man, another one of those guys that just makes me hope that Flyway stays around. Because he's a young guy who's been doing really good for himself lately. Um, another impressive performance from him. And it would just suck to see him not have a division to fight in or have him forced to go up at Bantamweight. Um, That's probably what's going to happen. Yeah. Because, I, yeah, he, I think he's one of those guys that he's... I think he's too good that you wouldn't want to... You wouldn't want to X him off of your roster. So you'd probably just force him up a weight class and just, you know, hope for the best. Um, yeah. But I'm re- really good from, from Pantoa. That was a... That right hand was, was pretty clean. Um, poor Wilson Hayes. He's probably out of a job now. If we're being honest, um, just because all the flyweights coming off with losses are getting cut. He's now one for. He's one and four in his last five, and three of those losses have come by finish. So, one-sided finish. Yeah. So. And the other one's the John Moraga fight, which. Oof. Um, yeah, it sucks. I like Hayes. Um, hopefully, uh, like if he gets cut, I hope he finds another job real quick. I mean, he can go fight DJ again in one, or he can go fight Kelly Joe or Gucci in Ryzen. <laughs> Mass Exodus to Ryzen. <laughs> Everybody just go. 
I said it. I said TJ should just ask to be cut from the UFC and go fight in Japan. They don't drug test there except for weed. There you go. That's the answer to everything. Go to Japan. They will accept you with open arms and open needles. Right. Uh, but nah, great, great performance from Pantoja. Hopefully he has a division to compete in, but you know that's that's still up in the air. But great, great win nonetheless. Uh, moving on to welterweight, we've got Max Griffin versus Aleem Amadev. Um, the fight went a little different than I thought. I actually did my homework on this fight. Like, I, I didn't know who Aleem was, so I went and looked up some of his footage. And I, I saw some of his fights, and I was like, oh, he, he really just likes to throw. He does a lot of spinning stuff. This is going to be another, just a barn burner. Um, Max Griffin went for a lot of takedowns, <laughs> which I wasn't, uh, I wasn't ready for. I thought we were just going to get some hands and some elbows, and it was just going to be one of those fights. But I guess smart on Griffin. Um, he knew I think, what. I think Griffin's like, I lost my last two fights because they robbed me. I'm going to just go for the easy win. Right. And it wasn't as easy as he thought. Yeah, yeah. He definitely still had to take his licks um, and dish out a few. But, yeah, in the end, he was just like, you know what? We're just going to go for these takedowns because this might be just the one area where I'm better at than Zaleem is. And... You know, it it was still an entertaining fight. Just not on, on paper. I think you you thought it would just be more of a, a bloodbath, but Griffin clearly had a game plan and an idea for what he wanted to do, and he just kind of he just went in and did that. Um, side note on this fight. Yeah. <laughs> do you, do you know about? Uh, yes, 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 yes. <laughs> yeah, this, this man is um. Yeah, I don't. <laughs> listen. This man might not get a visa in the future. Let's yeah. just put it that way. Yeah, he probably um like I'm I'm all for guys being a little crazy as long as you're not too out there. But Zaleem kind of took it to another um another level. There were reports I heard after this fight um that Max said that Zaleem um I don't know I think this happened before the fight actually happened. But he was saying like Zaleem tried to like literally attack him in the hotel. Multiple times. Yeah, multiple times. The police had to be called. Um, oh, it was something else he said Zaleem did. That oh, so Zaleem right. used to, uh, he trained with Zaleem for a little bit over at Extreme Couture. Oh, yeah, he, yeah. And yeah. Um, Zaleem apparently got kicked out for hurting sparring partners. Yeah, so apparently Zaleem does not know when he's like, he don't know how to tone it down. Like, he he's like a liability, basically. Um so either his visa might end up having problems, or I just kind of feel like you kind of don't want to have a guy like that on your roster, to be honest. Like, uh, Griffin also alleged that uh, Imadayev uh, got into uh, got into it with UFC Hall of Famer, former light heavyweight champion Forrest Griffin at the UFC Performance Institute. So, yeah, Zelene got some issues. Uh, he's got yeah. some anger issues. He might need to sort out. So we. Like, he, he can be entertaining. I've seen some of his fights and what he can do, but he, you know, it's not like he's such a prospect. you got to keep him around. You might want to just, you might want to cut your, well, wash your hands dry, send him somewhere else, because he, he just kind of sounds like a headache to deal with. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, but good good performance on Griffin. You know, get yourself back in the win column. Just stick to a game plan. Just work with it. You know, um, had to take some licks along the way, but, you know, here's what it is. But shout out to uh, Max Griffin. He went and got a uh, majority decision. And the last fight on the ESPN prelims, uh, Khalid Tahai versus Boston Salmon. Um, Lord. I feel so bad for Boston Salmon, man. Like, 
He, he tears everything in like his, uh, what was it, his bicep or something. Like he's out, he, he finally gets to UFC, tears everything in his bicep or shoulder or chest or whatever, and is out for two years. And he comes back and gets knocked out in 25 seconds. Yeah. And it was a, it was a bad one. Like, Khalid threw a right and then left, and the left dropped him. And he did like this falling spin that I've never seen before. Like it was, it was crazy. But um, <laughs> like he fell, and I don't know if he was just so. Ro- I don't really really know how to describe it. You guys gotta watch it. I mean, the fight was only twenty five seconds. He got hit with that left and did this falling spin motion, and then just ate some ground and pound, and that was it. Um, but I mean, props to Khalid. He he got him out of there in under thirty seconds. And, uh, you know, yeah, I don't really know what else to say. That's, that's a great, great finish. But like I said, sucks for, for Boston. I hadn't, I didn't, wasn't really too familiar with him, but I saw a lot of other people talking about him. So I, I guess he, was he on like Contender Series or something? He, he was in the Contender Series in 2016, but like, he was, um, like he had hype out the, like, from his first fight. He knocked his dude out. This is like one of the crispest combinations you ever see a fighter in his pro debut ever making. Um, and it came on an RFA card. He was like one of those RFA dudes who like... Um, it was the same card as... Uh, he made his debut on the same top card as uh, Brian Ortega versus Eric Koch. Was it Eric Koch? No, I'm sorry. Kenny Koch. Like, dude had eyes on him from the get. But, like, he, he, he just, after, like, 2016, and tw- uh, I think it was 2015, he just had injury issues that kept him out the game longer and longer and longer. So, but, no, dude, like, four or five years ago, this dude had, like, all the hype in the world behind him. Unfortunately, in this sport, just sometimes you just you get, you get caught. And it just kind of is what it is. Uh, but Always a good fight when, like, just don't take any damage. <laughs> like, right back out there. Yeah, he he can fight again like next month. Um, but nah, man, great great win for Khalid uh, Taha. That was a, a awesome finish. Uh, so that was the ESPN portion of the card. Moving on to the fight pass prelims. Uh, we had Bilal Muhammad versus Curtis Melinder. I was really looking forward to this fight. Um, this kind of went the way I thought. Like what I thought would end up costing Melinda to fight is pretty much what did um Melinda is always really good at range really big welterweight really strong really just great striking um 
He caught Bilal a couple of good times in the first round. Uh, caught him with some nice jabs, busted his nose up. Um, basically, Melinda is one of those guys that you, you don't want to be able to just have him sit at range because it's going to be a long night for you. Um, but Bilal is just one of those guys that he's really gritty. He can pressure well. He can get in your face. And I just knew if he could pressure Melinda and get some takedowns and just make Melinda work, that he could get the win. And he, he did a good job. He, you know, he, he ate some licks, but he was able to turn fire of his own. And just, I think eventually just the pressure and the takedowns, just Melinda couldn't, couldn't, couldn't really overcome it. Um, like, he stands really tall, and he likes to stand in the same spot. So, again, like, you just let the dude who's trying to shoot in on you, like, get underneath you. Like, he's just going to take you down. Yeah. And, yeah, eventually, uh, just all that pressure just, you know. We, we've seen Bilal. Bilal can take a hit and still keep coming forward. Um, so, yeah, Bilal just, that, that pressure and the takedowns just kind of got to Melinda. Cause like I said, Melinda just, he works best at range, but... If you can take that away from him and not let him really get comfortable, then you'll 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 have a chance to win. So Bilal just he just worked him. Um, it was a, it was still a, a good fight, but you just we we kind of know what Melinda's weaknesses are, and Bilal has a good enough skill set to where he can just kind of exploit those. Um, yeah, that's that's pretty much what he did. Yep, like I, I really like Bilal, like. He's like the male Curly Nikovakevich, where like he'll find the thing that works and just keep doing it, to to the point of like, not, not parody, but like, it, it just becomes like a joke. You know what I mean? Like it's just funny how much he'll rely on that one thing. Hey man, if he gets the W. Oh hell yeah! <laughs> this is a scrappy dude. Like I, I respect the hell out of that. This is really funny. Um. Uh, he's coming up to Jeff Newell's, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm gonna say he has step up. Nope. Oh, you sound like a robot. It's not like your mic is like covered or something. I can hear you. I'll, I'll make it up. It's, it's like this weird little effect that's going on. So I can hear you. Um, it goes away. It just kind of comes and goes. But, um, everybody, I can hear you. But, yeah, Bilal just, yeah, he, he was just kind of able to capitalize on uh, what we just kind of already knew Melinda was weak at. So, that was that fight. Bilal won a uh, unanimous decision. So, shout out to him. Shout out to Welterweight Division, low-key. A lot of, a lot of good up-and-comers, um, like we said, in that violent weight range, just a lot of guys just trying to claw to the top. All pretty entertaining, all pretty fun to watch. Uh, but moving on to Bantamweight, uh, Montel Jackson versus Andre Sukumtot. I wish I remembered this fight like more in detail because I was actually looking. This was another one uh, on the low that I was really looking forward to. Um, Montel's a really, really, I would say, a pretty good Bantamweight prospect. Um, 
Dude has good size, good striking. He's pretty solid, like, everywhere. Um, God, I really wish I remember this fight more in detail. I just remember being impressed with with Montel. I thought Sukumta would be a fun matchup uh, for him. Montel handled himself pretty well. Like, dude has just a really a pretty well-rounded skill set. He has good size for that weight class. But Bantamweight also kind of like the mini lightweight where there's so many good uh just so many good fighters that you they're, they're never really going to be any easy outs like you're going to get tested every time so I, I still don't know like what his ceiling is but his skill set as of now is is pretty solid um as long yeah, as he like, keeps improving he'll 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 he can go places yeah like right now for him it's basically just learning mma like how to apply a game plan to to get a winning result. Um, like one of the things I like to hear early on is that anytime uh, Sukantov would throw something and he'd land, um, Sukantov is like a one one or two strike guy. He'll throw like a punch and a kick, and that's basically the extent of his offense. Um, I, what I liked was uh, Montel would just like throw right back. Uh, uh, and and a lot of times he would clip him. Uh, like it, it wouldn't be like any like soft stuff. It, he he hit him pretty hard. Um, he was doing really well with the jab, keeping him at a distance. Like Sukunsaf was having trouble closing range on him. Um, when he did get on the inside, he did a good job getting takedowns, getting on he top. Had a nice sweep. Was that a sweep? Oh yeah, the 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 little legs trip into the the combination, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, in the second round, he 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 um he tur- he turned um Sukuta with uh put out his right leg as he was turning, so he tripped him, and it, in the the in the chaos, uh, he he just started unloading on him. Yeah, he he's got a couple like really slick slick moves. I saw him do in this fight for somebody yeah. like so young. I was like, oh, he's yeah, he's he's well, I don't know what gym he trains at, but they they he's on it. He's Whatever they're doing where he trains, it's, it's working. Yeah, I, I, I like his game. I like where it's going. He's only 26 years old. I, I worry a little bit about his ability to keep making this weight because he's, he's a big one, too. He's 5'10". Yeah. Training out of Red Schaefer MMA. Uh, you know, let's see. Eric Schaefer, Montel Jackson, and Callie Robbins, who is an Invicta fighter, I'm going to say. She was an Invicta fighter years ago. Or, well, it's just eight years ago. She fought for them last year. Oh, they, uh, they, they got him on the right track. Um, yeah. Yeah, so shout-outs to Montel Jackson. He got a unanimous decision across the board. Uh, moving on to women's flyweight, Poliana Botelho and Lauren Mueller. Um, I don't remember this fight in ton of detail, but I, I just remember thinking, like, Mueller could win if she could have kept this on the feet more and not engaged in so many clinch battles and then gotten taken down like i just felt like if she would have just disengaged from the clinch she could have won more because she had a good third round where i think she had caught uh poliana a couple good times mm-hmm. hit her with she, a nice knee yeah where she really was like really committing to just keeping the fight on the feet and it was it was it was, it was working but it was a lot of this fight where she would start on the feet, and then they would end up on the cage, and they would just reverse position, reverse position. She kind of just gets stuck there, hanging out. 
or she gets taken down. She just she got put in too many bad spots and just yeah. Ate, ate too many body shots with those those kicks. Oh yeah, I forgot she did get rocked with one of those and I think it was like in the first round. Mm-hmm. She yeah, she ate one of those and yeah, she definitely felt that one. She tried to she tried to put the poker face on, but you know. Yeah, yeah, just uh Mattel's wrestling game, I like just like really nice like outside trip takedowns uh, from the clinch on a double leg. She did one. It's like re- really nice and smooth. Like I think I think we've seen her do that before, but uh, I guess the type of stuff like I want to see more of. I I really like the outside trip by uh, takedowns. Charles women's flyweight. Like I feel like it, I mean it's not like the deepest division. But I feel like it's it's shaping up pretty It'll good get so there far. Eventually. Yeah, but even with what we have so far, like it's 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 pretty solid. Yeah, like, I haven't looked at any fights and been like, oh, this division was a mistake. Like the the fights so far have actually been pretty good. So uh, yeah, shout out to Poliana. That was a a good performance on on her end. And the last fight of the night uh, at bantamweight, uh, Brandon Davis versus Randy Costa. Uh, I want to say Randy is a protege of Lozon, Joe Lozon, right? I think I heard. Yes, him. he's um, a Lozon fighter. Who, if I remember right, hasn't fought somebody with a winning record yet. Yeah, I heard a lot of people that were questioning like his. Uh, I, I don't know. I don't know if validity is the right word, but <laughs> his, his, his readiness. Yeah, yeah, yeah. About whether if he was really ready to make that jump, because apparently he's just been fighting a bunch of nobodies. Um, I thought he had a solid debut. Um, his, his striking is kind of weird. Like, he, he, it's the way, like, he, I'm trying to think of how to describe this. It's just, like, the motion and the loopiness of his punch. There's something about, like, the way he just throws that's kind of. He throws like an athletic Joe Lozon. Right. <laughs> it's, it's really hard to describe the way he throws. But, I mean, he did, he did catch Davis. This is a really, actually, a pretty good, um, back and forth like he definitely caught davis a couple of good times and, and if you've seen brandon davis fight you just kind of know how his fights go just we just we just throwing hands and feet uh well he did a little more than that which is what got him to win but for, for the most part you you kind of know how brandon davis fights is, is, is gonna go it's gonna be a it's gonna be a nice fun just outing of striking and you know whoever wins just kind of wins so they, they had a nice back and forth scrap costa has this really not even gonna call it karate. He, 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 it's just weird. I don't know. It's weird. It, it's something that's very unique to him. <laughs> I, I, <laughs> I, I, I'll put it that way. It's really hard to put in words, but it's very unique to him as to how he strikes and just like his his movement and just everything he does. But um, now nah, they they had a fun back and forth. But I think this just kind of game came down to Davis just probably had a little more in the toolbox. A little more experience, probably. I'm, I'm gonna assume. Well, I ain't gonna assume. He just had experience against probably tougher competition. Even though Costa did give him a good fight, but once it went to the ground, you you kind of saw who was better, and Davis got a, a rear naked choke. Yeah, man. The best dude that Costa's fight was a fought prior to Davis was five and nine, and he was also the only dude who had a win. Uh, uh, on his resume, so you know that that's. I think Joey said it best. Costa fought like the stuff that he was landing on day, like at that point, like 
Costa fought like a dude who, when he landed the stuff uh, he was going to land, he thought that Davis should have been out. Like, like at, at, at that point in all his other fights, he had already won. Alright. Yeah, that guy he fought who was like 2-12. and 12. <laughs> Yeah, he probably crumbled after those, but... Yeah. But not Davis. Yeah, not Davis. The man is a scrapper. Yep. And, uh, yeah, he scrapped his way to a, to a victory, got a submission, and, uh, that's, uh, that's pretty much how that went. So, that was, uh, UFC 236. Um, it was, it was a pretty, it was a good card, man. Like, outside of, you know, Joe, Joe Bond and Dwight Grant didn't, didn't really do a, <laughs> a whole lot for me. But, um, I mean, outside of that, this was a pretty solid card. Like, it wasn't, uh, we say this a bunch of times, like, outside of, like, the main event and co-main event, there wasn't a ton to go on in terms of, like, star recognition. The like, third the third best fight on this card was Alexander Brintosia versus Wilson Hayes on paper. Yeah. Which is, yeah. Yeah. So, on, on paper, in terms of, like, name recognition, not the biggest card. But in terms of just, like, fight quality and performances, it was actually pretty good. Like, from the prelims, from the, the fight pass to the... ESPN portion prelims, we got good performances, we got some good finishes, but it was really like that, that, the co-main and main event just really took this over to like another level, like it, 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 it really just made the whole night worth it, like we got two instant classics in one night, back to back, and it was just, I don't think I'm ever gonna have a high like that again, it's gonna be a while before you get two fights back to back that are just that good. Yeah, I don't. I can't remember the last time that's ever happened. Mm. Yeah, you know, normally it's one's normally one's great, and maybe the other one's like just okay, or like they're both just okay, or maybe they're both great, but they like ended real fast. Like we got two five round fights that both went the distance, that were just amazing from start to finish. Um, yeah, you don't, you don't. That doesn't happen too often. Normally, I hate five round fights. I want to go to sleep. I was up. Like <laughs> I was. I was up, I was attentive, just had my full, full undivided attention. Um, so, no, UFC 236 was a, a a solid card that had a classic co-main and a main event. So, if you did not get a chance to watch Dustin Poirier versus Max Holloway or Israel Adesanya versus Calvin Gastelum, go back and definitely watch those really great, just amazing, all-time great fights. Watch the Khalil Roundtree fight. That was a really good performance. Um, like I said, watch Pantoja and Hayes. Uh, Provola and Turner was cool. Uh, you can watch Khalid and Salman. It only lasted like 30 seconds. Uh, and the fight press prelims were, were pretty dope also. So it was a pretty pretty solid night that ended up just turning out even better than I thought. Like, I knew the main event co-main would be good. I didn't think they were going to be like like that great is what they turned out to be like we, we got all-time great fights and two two all-time great fights in one night so that that was just crazy but that was ufc 236 pretty good card so go check that out also go back and um i gotta go back and watch uh the loma fight and the clarissa shows fight and go back and check out the one championship card too uh the fights i mentioned like i said the martin win fight that's a ko of the year candidate with that flying knee um and uh paceo with the <laughs> the knee over Saruta. So go go back and watch the one championship card. Lots of quality, uh 
quality violence going down this uh this week. Um, next week we got. <laughs> is, is it Overeem and uh? Oh, yeah. yeah, no, that card is garbage. Yeah, that card is uh on 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 paper. It's not. It ain't looking too good. Well, it has two heavyweight fights, a light heavyweight fight between Devin Clark and the debuting light heavyweight who is juiced to the max, and Ivan he calls himself Ural Hulk um, but he's if is he even doing for a Bigfoot no he's a dude for Christian and Pugu and Satoshi Ishii okay um, but it has two heavyweight fights a light heavyweight fight the Shevchenko Mataferi fight uh, and that's just the main card yeah um... and Sultan Aliyev on the, the prelim so and Alexander Yanko, uh, Yankovlev. So we're going to get all the action fight. <laughs> Shamil Abdurahimov and Marcin Tabora. Can can you say Brawl of the Year? Yeah, what a... It's at this point, I'd like to point out, I'm going to be at Disney World next week. Lucky you. <laughs> so I'm gonna just skip all the bad fights, which might be this entire. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So are you not gonna be here Saturday or Sunday? You're gonna be gone that whole weekend. I'm gonna be gone that whole weekend, but I'll be back Monday. So if you wanna record that night, we're good. All right. I'll do Monday night, or I can just drag Joey in, and I can. I mean, he 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 did message me during all this and say that he was indeed excited for next week. He is down to record. <laughs> Joey loves all the cards that everybody else is just like, what is this? Those are the ones Joey is. He he's staying up late night for. <laughs> Good, nothing nothing gets Joey going like just random Eastern European MMA. Yeah. Um, yeah. We'll 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 see how next week goes, but um, don't uh. Don't hold your breath. You know, we didn't even talk about Paula Costa saying that stomach medicine was the reason he couldn't fight. I forgot about that. That was a story. Miguel <laughs> Romero was right. <laughs> I, I completely forgot about that. But, uh, yeah, that was a thing that happened. <laughs> you know what I did, forgot to mention? Chris Camozzi volunteered to fight Jacare, and they didn't do it, and I hate the UFC for it. <laughs> Oh boy! Shout out to Chris Camozzi. Oh boy! Glory superstar. Yeah. Boxer. Been in glory, doing nothing but winning. Oh boy! They but, should, um, you see, they should just change to a kickboxing match. That would been hmm. that would been great. Jack Ray versus Chris Camozzi three, the kickboxing one. Oh, Jack Ray got hands now. I mean, so does Camozzi. He's out ah. here fighting for titles, man. You know what I did forget to mention that I should have put in the news and notes? Was, the was reason good. that we're getting Overeem and Olenek is because Volkov got pulled because of potential USADA violation. Aww. Yeah, I forgot about that. Dude, fucking first Ruzam Magomedov, now this. Where are all my Russian heavyweights? They're all getting popped. Next week we're going to find out Olenek's on the same shit Overeem was on. I mean, to be honest, when heavyweights get popped, I kind of don't care. I almost encourage it. 
They they should be taking EPO. Where the fuck their conditioning? Right. <laughs> they need it. They should be taking that shit between rounds. Like mandatory oxygen and EPO. Yeah. Just just keep the needles just on set. Like you, <laughs> you you know how like the cut man has a thing on his wrist that has like the nose swabs? Just have needles <laughs> placed instead. We just we need to keep those on deck, man. The heavyweights need it. They uh they're different. We we shouldn't hold them to the same standards. But yeah. um Yeah, so next week is gonna be uh I don't know, man. It's, 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 it's gonna I'm, be I'm weak. Like, yeah, I'm, I might just I might just drag Joey in here because to be honest, I don't know if this is a card that late night I want to talk about on a Monday. You're, what you're saying is by Monday morning you will have forgotten this card happened. Yes, done <laughs> with your life like a normal person. Yeah, so Joey, if you're listening, um, and I wonder if this, is this going to start at an earlier time because it's in like St. Petersburg. Oh, that's a good question. Let's see. That would be great if this could come on like Saturday and I could we could just record. Ooh, this it the is same at day. ten o'clock in the morning. Oh, I gotta work. So. That's right. I can at least come home and rewatch it, and that, that's that's fine. It all works out. It all works out. I mean, like, will you be really mad if somebody spoils the results? Of right. <laughs> oh no, I'm looking. I'm I'm looking. I'm definitely looking. Uh, um, let me just double check the time. Make sure everything's copacetic. Yeah, main card starts at one. Prelim start at ten o'clock. All right. That means I can come home all, all on ESPN Plus. All on ESPN Plus. Cool. So I can come home, just watch that card, and I'm going to try to get Joey. We can just record that Saturday night. And uh, <laughs> and then get that out of the way. Just assuming Joey has nothing to do with Saturday night. Joey, you better be free. <laughs> <laughs> Joey, don't you do anything Saturday night. I mean, like, what the fuck am I about talking about? We all do the same thing on Saturday night. Yeah, we're talking about this trash, Joey. We are, we are, <laughs> we are going to go in-depth on this trash that we're about to get. Joey's gonna have oh, like no. Joey's gonna have like the background information for all the fighters. He's gonna be like <laughs> uh, Rafael Fiziev. Uh, he, he was a wh- where is he from? He's from he was a Kyrgyzstani army officer. Right. <laughs> I'm just gonna be like Joey. Who won? <laughs> <laughs> but I don't know. Ho- hopefully, this is me being very optimistic. Maybe if, if I can get a, at least a, just give me a good main card and I'll. I'll shut up. I'll be happy. One of these days, we're, we're just both not going to watch the card, and we're just going to get on this podcast and th- talk about what we think happened. All right. <laughs> you know what? We should do that and, like, not like not spoil the card for ourselves, like, just stay off social media, and we'll do, a like, a prediction podcast after the fight already happened. And right. then for the last right. hour, we'll actually read the results. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, it's just gonna be all people we don't know, right? <laughs> oh man, but yeah. So next week, man, Olenek Overeem, that'll be a thing. But uh, yeah, I'm, just, I'm a... I just want to go back to this again, real quick. So my, my Sensei, ESPN, you get ten dates a year <laughs> to show off your top the person you want to be a superstar, right? Yeah, you you want to be a pay per view draw. So they buy uh, ESPN Plus, and Disney doesn't lose a billion dollars like they're planning to lose in the next two years. That's a real stat, by the way. They're planning to lose $1.2 billion on ESPN Plus. But who do you put in the main event? 
Hey man, I call up that submission specialist. <laughs> Jack Hermanson? Yeah. <laughs> oh man. Why? Yeah, this this these next couple weeks. Oh my god, Greg Hardy's gonna be in the thing by the end of this month. Jesus Christ. I hope he loses. I don't even know who is he fighting, Dimitri. I don't want to talk about that fight. Well, at least we got Kudalab and Glover. That's that's really booked. Like this is gonna be an interesting month. Well, we do get Lineker, Corey Sanhagen by the end of the month. That's that should be awesome. I can't wait till like we get the countdown to the show for this card for the Hermanson Jack record, and they have to follow Hermanson to Sweden like they really care about him. <laughs> That's not a meme, but it's true, and you all know it. <laughs> but yeah, for these these next couple of weeks, these next couple of episodes are gonna be something. Uh, it's gonna be something. But uh, that's all we got for today's episode, man. So make sure you guys go back and uh, go back and watch all the fights that we mentioned. Um, so I guess we can go ahead and close with uh, parting shots and shout outs. Um, so I had to kind of come up with mine on the fly because I I literally forgot to write these down. So I don't have any shots. But um, I will give a shout out. Uh, shout outs is overall NBA playoffs has started. I got a chance to watch some games yesterday. Philly, I don't know what y'all are doing, but <laughs> y'all better get it together. But, um, no, nah, shout-outs to, uh, if anybody knows me, my favorite team is the Spurs. Um, and we did beat Denver yesterday, up 1-0. Let's go. But shout-outs to, man, shout-outs to Coach Pop. After that win over Denver, he is now the all-time leader in regular season and playoff wins in history. Standing at 1,413 wins. Uh, he surpassed Lenny Wilkins, who had 1,412. Uh, 1, and Don Nelson, who was in third, at 1,410. So, Greg Pop, most wins as an NBA coach in history. Um, I personally believe he is the greatest NBA coach ever, but I'm also very biased. But I will stand by that statement, that he is the greatest coach of all time. But, shout-out to Coach Pop, man. Um... This season, we came in like we didn't have Kawhi no more. Ginobili's gone. The team was looking real unfamiliar. <laughs> we got DeRozan, who I, I wasn't thrilled about at first, but it's actually worked out better than I thought. I'm not saying we're going to win a championship, but I do think we're going to get out this first round because I think Coach Pop will just be able to outcoach what Denver has going on. But um, just shout out to just Coach Pop for just consistently being great like we've been in the playoffs for like i don't remember the it's been, it's a long time <laughs> we made the playoffs for like over a decade straight and coach pop has just consistently kept this team always competing no matter who's on the roster no matter what the lineup is he has consistently made a way to just keep this team afloat and they're, they're always low-key a team you just have to look out for. So shout-outs to Coach Pop, and just congrats on uh, on passing that milestone. And he'll continue to pass that milestone from this point out as long as he you know, decides he wants to keep coaching. So that is my shout-outs shout out to, uh, to Greg Popovich. And shout-outs to Dirk Nowitzki, who, you know, had his last home game. He went out with like a – he had like 20 – I think he had a double-double, I want to say. Um I wasn't actually a Mavericks fan. I, I like Steve Nash. I, I I wasn't a Mavericks fan. But you always had to respect Dirk's game. He was one of the best. Um, he was really important to basketball in terms of, like, international players. He's one of the, the all-time greats who 
came over from overseas and dominated. And his run that he did win his championship was a great one that year. He beat LeBron. He beat a lot of tough teams that year. Um, so shout out to Dirk because that's the last of like my era that I really like grew up watching and pay attention to. Like he was on the only guy left from that era is Vince Carter. Like <laughs> after I lose Vince, that's my that whole era that I grew up watching. They're all gone. Vince Carter's gonna be sixty years old and still playing the NBA. Hey man, he <laughs> the man takes care of himself. <laughs> like. He he switched like to like a vegan diet or something. He can still jump really high. Like he takes care of himself. But shout out to Dirk, man. It's it's crazy to see. It just makes me realize like how long I've been watching basketball. Like that literally the entire era I grew up watching. There's just one of them left. Everybody else is everybody else is about to be out of here, and it's it's kind of wild. But shout out to Coach Pop. Shout out to Dirk, man. All you guys have you know contributed great things to to the sport of basketball to the NBA. And it's it's been awesome watching them all the time. So uh, shout shout out to both of those gentlemen. Um, uh, so uh, the 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 NCAA uh, championships were this past week, as well as the WNBA draft. I don't know who won the men's tournament because I stopped caring when Zion left. No, Virginia. <laughs> who plays for Virginia? Um, they have one projected lottery player, and I cannot remember his name. Yeah, but um, Baylor, uh, they won the um, the women's tournament, uh, led by Kalani Brown and uh, Lauren Cox. Um, Kalani Brown went like got drafted this past Wednesday as now official pro basketball player. So, congrats to her, I guess. Um, congrats to everybody who got drafted on Wednesday. Just really talented class. Uh, the New York Liberty drafted the tallest woman to ever play in the WNBA. A 19-year-old from China named Han Shu, who's like 6'9". Jeez. Yeah. And like, it, like, it seems like a really cheap comparison, but she does play a lot like Yao Ming. <laughs> like, same issues that Yao had when he came in the league, where like, he wasn't aggressive enough around the basket, but like he was like... Really, like he he was mobile and he had a really soft touch and he he was still really like he was still strong enough to get blocks on the other end, like a lot uh, a lot of the same issues, a lot of the same strengths. Um, they also drafted Asia Durr, who was probably the best scorer in the draft, which we desperately really need. And I'm going to go see them play in like a month against the Chinese national team for the preseason, so I'm excited about that. So shout out to everybody who got drafted. Uh, this past Wednesday. Um, do we have any more shout-outs? Oh, shout-out to Rich Franklin. Right. He, got, um, he got inducted to the Hall of Fame in the Pioneer Wing. Sweet. Forgot, yeah, forgot to throw that in the notes. So shout-out to Rich Franklin. Uh, oh, oh, real, real OG fighter, man. Like, one of that back, back when this sport wasn't really the cool thing, <laughs> he, he was that guy who was uh, holding it was, down uh, in the weight division. It wouldn't be, it, if your math teacher was doing it, would you consider it cool? I would. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, only because he was actually like he was good at it. <laughs> you know, if my math teacher was actually out here getting washed, I'd be like, "All right, dude, you gotta, you, you gotta hang it up." Yeah, you gotta stick the math. It's the same for you. But nah, man, Rich was you know, but pre Anderson Silva, he was like that guy at middleweight. Even though I still am bitter at him for knocking out Chuck Liddell the way he did. <laughs> but, everybody knocked Chuck Liddell out. Yeah, yes, yeah, so I should be mad at everybody. <laughs> but, 
No, congrats to Rich Franklin. And I just saw that um, Holloway Adesanya and um, Holloway Poirier and Adesanya Gaston both got fighter tonight. Nice. That's that's awesome. Everybody got rewarded for their, their efforts. So shout out to Rich Franklin and, and, and company. But um, yeah, that's pretty much it for today's episode. So as always, you guys can listen to us on SoundCloud, YouTube, iTunes, Spotify, Google Play. Check us out on social media at the Dojo Talk Podcast Facebook page, as well as the Dojo Talk Podcast Instagram page. Send questions to Dojo Talk Podcast at yahoo.com. And you can follow me on Twitter and on Twitch, which I'm probably going to be on in a couple minutes, well, maybe about an hour, playing Sekiro and other games where I fail, but I try. Um, follow me on those accounts at Serial Sensei. Um, yeah. And buy my book, The All Bar Chronicles, 99 cents for digital, 8.99 for physical copy. But thank you guys for listening, man. Keep reposting. Keep sharing. We appreciate you. And as always, anytime people are being punched and or kicked in the face, we will be there to talk about it. And until next time, we will catch you guys later.